You are listening to the Ill-Advised Wise Guys podcast, starring UJ and QDZ. So, we are back with another episode of the Ill-Advised Wise Guys podcast. It's your boy, Uche. I got my boy, BC, for Sheezy. It's Breezy. Two times in a row, I had to say it, because it's still breezy outside. You know, I, I... I continue to see leaves falling in my backyard and all that stuff. It's 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 messy. It's it's really messy. Hot outside. There's a difference. It is hot though. It's 80 degrees. Hey man, I would rather be breezy and hot than rainy and cold. Although, you know, I feel like it's been raining a lot over the weekend. Like isn't like every morning it just starts to rain and then at night it just rains all of a sudden, just out of nowhere. What the hell is that about? Yeah, I know. It seems like it's it's rain season, right? And we only Nigeria gets rain season. Bro, it's not rainy season in like the East no Coast right now. That's not even a thing. It's rainy season in the East Coast. Rainy season. Uh, this is episode 73. 73. Yeah, we thank you guys for joining. Everybody out there tuning in on uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is you consume your media. We thank you guys for joining us. Uh, I really want to get into the shits of the of the of the episode, but one thing I will say is uh, thank you guys for following us. And if you don't mind, we've said this before, but hey, we just want to remind you. We just want to remind you. Please give us a rating, review, whatever you can on the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Dream Vision Network. We really appreciate it. You know, it helps our show grow. It helps us get to the newer heights that we're trying to get to, you know? You know, maybe. It, it, it does a lot. That one that one subscription does a lot, you know? It just does. We may do something crazy if you, like, you know, subscribe to us. Like, if you subscribe and you leave a comment, you know, perhaps we might DM you, say thank you, and, you know, we might do something crazy, whatever you request. Oh, we're definitely doing shout-outs. We're definitely doing shout-outs. I mean, if you, if you subscribe and you leave us a rating or a review, 100%. Send us a DM and we got you. We shouting you out on the next episode. Is that shout out and, and we'll take shots. We'll take Bacardi 151 shots for you. Ma- Mazel tov. Ma- there we go. That's what I- <laughs> Mazel tov. Uh, yo, let's get into some hot topics though, man, because uh, some really, really big news. For those of you guys who are not familiar with podcasting, obviously, if you're listening to this one, hey, you must either be intrigued about podcasting or you're a diehard podcast listener, whatever it is, some big news came out recently. Joe Rogan signed a a massive deal with Spotify. Um, I think some people, there's a lot of people who know Joe Rogan, the name. They may not know him, uh, I guess maybe the person. Um, This is the guy who's synonymous with UFC, right? Mm -hmm. At least back in the day, right? Like he was like the UFC guy and you know, I think he owned part of the company, stuff like that. Um, he's arguably, he arguably right now has the top podcast out in the world. His, his called the Joe Rogan Experience. You know, he's had some interesting guests, top guests come on. But he signed an exclusive deal with Spotify. It's a massive deal. Massive deal. It's a big move for the podcasting industry. So, hey, it's a great time to be a podcaster, man. Great time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because it's like, out of all the people in the world that I would think would have the top podcast, Joe Rogan, Joe I would Rogan. never guessed 
It's crazy, it was, right? I thought it would be Lil Flip or something like that. <laughs> Lil Flip. <laughs> you know what Dude, what about like, there's some interesting people out here. Yo, I, so we're going to get into this in a little bit, but the last dance, you know, with Michael Jordan and shit like that, man, Dennis Rodman should have a podcast. De Dennis Rodman needs to be talking. Wait. I don't, I don't understand why he is not talking. That, that, that dude is one of the most interesting men walking this planet. Period. How can you give a podcast to somebody you don't even understand what they're saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? You got a point. That might not work. Because podcasting is about audio, is it not? I swear. The last <laughs> captioning was vital when Rodman came in. That's facts. Hey, but uh, now nah, you're right, man. He's a weird ass dude. Weird ass dude. Um, you know what? Let's just jump into the last dance combo, man. I, I think this is—it's <laughs> a hell of a segue. It's a hell of a segue, man. It is a hell of a segue. It's a, you know, so we saw the last dance. Listen, if you guys have not checked out the last dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, eight-part series, you're not American if you bro, did not do you're it. Just not. You're not American. You're not a sports fan. You're not alive. And if you're Joe Biden, you're not black, apparently. But <laughs> hey. <laughs> Way to plug in a current event in another current event. That's yeah, I know. You are professional. You are hey, professional. things happen. But but um, I got a question for you though, man. About this is related to the Last Dance and Michael Jordan and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, there's been a lot. I've been hearing all the sports talk because you know ESPN is struggling with their damn sports debate and, and topics these days. But there's been one interesting one that I saw the last couple days going around, and it's how LeBron was asked, hey, would you like to play with Michael Jordan? And like, how would you see yourself fitting in if you actually did play with him? LeBron's answer was, well, oh yeah, you know, uh, I, I think my style of play really fits with Michael Jordan, right? Him being a facilitator, Michael Jordan being more of a scorer. Do you think LeBron is scared of the Jordan smoke of being compared to him? and? Because because I really because the argument that is being made against LeBron James right now is that see that's why he's not Michael Jordan because he 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 wants to play against he wants to play with Michael Jordan if he was really about that life he would say I would never play with Michael Jordan what what is your opinion as to whether or not you think Michael Jordan I'm sorry LeBron James is scared of the the, the Jordan legacy smoke or not what what's your understanding? You know what? That's a good question. Um, first and foremost, I didn't like that answer. I'm not going to lie. I didn't like that answer. I mean, you guys are supposed to be two alpha male basketball players, you know, but at the same time, what was LeBron supposed to say? I can't play with Jordan. He's too competitive. That's not LeBron James. Um, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, like LeBron James knows he can't win. Like he knows he can't go against Jordan critics. Um, he knows in some people's eyes, he can win 10 championships and still not get his credit. So I don't think he's scared of the smoke. I think it's just, he knows that he can't beat that smoke, point blank, period. So it's like, what are you supposed to do? At, the same, at a certain point, you know, you just gotta, you just got to give credit to that person that you 
apparently can't beat, according to people. Yeah, I I guess so, man. You know, it's just it's unfortunate that LeBron doesn't have more of that. I'll call I I, I call it alpha male because that's the thing that's being said, right? He doesn't have more of that kill that dog competitiveness mentality, man. Like he has let's let's be real. Hey, can we be honest? Because he he has it. But sorry to cut you off. He yeah, go ahead, go ahead. He has it. It's just that he doesn't want to step on anybody's toes to prove that he is an alpha male basketball player. You know what I'm saying? Fair enough. Fair Kobe enough. Bryant will step on your toes. You know what I'm saying? Kobe Bryant will step on your toes and say, no, I would bust your ass one-on-one. Or Shaq will step on your toes. Like, nah, I'm the greatest player. I don't care what anybody says. LeBron right. James got too much respect for the people that came before him. You know what I'm saying? 100%. And that's important, though. I like, I like that aspect of LeBron, to be honest with you. I think it's important, um, the humility aspect. But... Um, if there's any debate as to who the the greatest player of all time is after this documentary is, you didn't really watch that documentary. I think I think it's clear, and 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 and, and I'll be honest, I've been on LeBron's side for the longest. As a matter of fact, I still think LeBron James is a better. He's the best player, all around basketball player of all time. Period. You, there's, I don't care that the doc came out. That's not going to deter me from that. However, after watching this documentary, I will say it, it put a lot of things in perspective for me about Jordan's mentality and like his, his psychoness. Like Jordan, is, he was low-key nuts on the low, like with his obsession with winning. Mm-hmm. And I think if we're talking about who the greatest player is, I, this is obviously beyond what you can do on the basketball court. There's a level of competitiveness and drive that should also be evaluated. So from that standpoint, I got to give Jordan all types of credit. And so the greatest player, I think I'm going to go with Jordan. But we're still talking about who the best player, the best as, as in terms of ability, I'm going with LeBron. I'm going with LeBron. I agree with that. I'm going with LeBron. You're 100% accurate with what you just said. I mean, in my opinion, um, if I have a kid, right, and I want my kid to play basketball, I'm teaching my kid to play like LeBron James, unselfish. Um, if you happen to be six foot nine, six foot eight, I want you to be able to get into passing lanes and, like, you know, do things that a young guard can do, a small guard can do. Absolutely. I want you to be like LeBron, but Jordan's killer instinct, Jordan's greatness up here, like his mental. Man, I, I, Unbelievable. people were like, you know, coming into this documentary, people were like, Jordan's going to look like an asshole, going to like a jerk, somebody that would do anything just to win. To me, that actually elevated his greatness. I don't care how you got there. Even if you got to get there, like, bashing people, I don't care. The fact that you are that level of competitive, man, I was... I was taken aback, bro. Which, by the way, sorry, I wanted to say it is. Huh? My favorite scene in the whole documentary, and the one scene that had me like almost in chills. <laughs> almost thought I was, almost thought I had coronavirus. After <laughs> when Michael Jordan said, 
I know I was hard on my teammates. I'm paraphrasing. I was hard on my teammates. But if you don't want to play with me, then don't play then. And he started crying. He started yeah. Crying. And he walked up and he got up. And he got up. And he got up. Wow. Yeah, that was powerful. Wow. And it's funny. That was powerful. powerful. I was like, bro, we talked about his dad dying. We yeah. talked about him winning his first championship. We talked about him, you know, like just going through some crazy ass stuff. The one thing that made him cry was the comments about him being a bad teammate or or him being yeah. hard teammate. I'm like, you know what that told me? A little bit of it meant he he knew he was guilty of doing some bad things to his teammates. He felt bad about it. But at the same time, he's like, man, I want to win. So yeah, it's a, it's a fine line, man. Is it not? I just I just feel like it's a fine like it, when you're chasing greatness, when you're chasing something so grand that no one has ever really accomplished. Not saying that he's the first person to ever win a championship, because I do believe there's different ways you can go about things, right? And that's the argument that I like to stick with: is yo, everybody doesn't have to have the Jordan mentality, and just because LeBron doesn't, just because um, Kevin Durant doesn't, right? Like. Everybody is always trying to make it seem like this generation is soft. Oh, the, 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 the younger kids nowadays, they're soft. And, oh, they, they could never play in that era. Okay. That, that doesn't make them any less great. It's just there's different ways to go about leading a squad, motivating your teammates. I think LeBron, had, LeBron approaches leadership in a totally different way. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's like night and day with what he does versus what a – Jordan showed in that documentary and how he treated his teammates, right? Like there was one scene where, actually, no, this came out after one of the episodes, uh, Horace Grant had a problem with Jordan calling him a snitch in the episode, of course, right? How he claimed Horace Grant was uh, one of the main people who created the quote unquote Jordan rules, how to stop Jordan, uh, leaked all this information to a a writer. Uh, And then there was a story from that writer who put out that book saying, Hey, one time he was on the plane with the traveling with the team and Jordan told the the flight attendants who were handing out food, don't, don't give Horace Grant any food. He played like shit today. I heard about that. Bro, like, now I give Horace Grant mad credit because according to him and I guess other sources, he got up and he checked Michael Jordan, like on the spot, like, yo, you're not going to tell me when I can and can't eat and Jordan, he didn't do shit about it according to Horace Grant. But that just lets you know the, the bullying nature, the whatever Jordan approached leadership with, <laughs> whatever he actually deemed as leadership, that's what he was doing to his teammates. Like, bro, you can't even eat food. You know Until what? you go back to the drawing board and you figure out how to, how to, how to impact this team in, in, in a winning manner. You know what I'm you, saying? Like, there was a lot of insight being that, that has come out after that documentary that's been very eye-opening. You know what? And that brings me a question that I want to ask you. I I believe I asked my wife. I said, is it that Jordan is somebody who loves to win? Or is it he's somebody that hates to lose? Because I found myself looking at certain scenes like he's pouting. You know what I'm saying? Like when he was losing like a game one of a playoff series, he started like looking like he's pouting. Like he looking hurt and like, you know, in losses or in times they played bad or whatever the case may be, it's like he was salty. 
even something as simple as um remember when he was playing i think he was throwing like something with his security guard and the security guard beat him he legit looked like he was pouting <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's like it's what are you you know what i'm saying i think the thing about this generation is we've eradicated the sore loser like we've eradicated that person that hates to lose. It's no longer that. Like Russell Westbrook is kind of like that, but majority of the people that are young NBA players right now, they didn't grow up with that nature. In losing, you are somebody that loses with composure. You know what I'm saying? LeBron James is somebody that when he loses, he loses very composed. Oh, Steph Curry was great. You know, Kevin Durant was great. They played better than me. Jordan hated losing. And yeah. I think it's something that was kind of like not talked about in the series as much. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I'll say uh, you're right, man, because, you know, there's been this whole concept of that's been going around lately that I've seen, like, I think his name is James Harrison. If you remember the linebacker who played for the Seattle, mm -hmm. um, sorry, the um, Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. He had a very famous uh, interview one time where he, he was talking about how he hates that, you know, his kids are getting participation trophies. You know what I'm saying? Like when his kids like are playing football and yet they're giving out trophies for second, third, fifth place. It's like, bro, like how do you, how do you build that fire in a kid, right? How do you build that competitive nature in a kid um, when everybody's being congratulated? Everybody's how? Right? And, and I think, and I think, and of course, I don't have any kids, but what I will say is I can see how that mentality has breeded an entire new generation of people who are no longer sore losers, right? No longer see a problem with losing continuously to someone and being, and having no problem showing it publicly that I hate that I'm losing and I want to beat this person at all costs. I think Jordan, you're right. Jordan had an element of sore loser in him. Granted, after he started winning, he just kind of was automatic at that point. But before then, they documented how, you know, he was cut from, or sorry, he didn't make his high school team, right? How mm -hmm. he grew up with his siblings, right? His, his two or two to three brothers. And, you know what I'm saying? He, that's where he got that, that mentality from. He was always losing with his, with his brothers and shit like that, right? How, you know, before he won his first championship, he was considered a scoring leader. And they were like, Jordan would never win a championship. All he does is score, right? And he talked about how that really got to him. Mm -hmm. um, but to answer your question, I feel like it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both, man. Because while he, is, he was a sore loser, I think he also loved to win. Something psychologically in him was driving him so crazy in order to be the person at the end of the day holding that trophy right like yeah. i think there is an element psychologically that has to be tra something traumatizing happened to him that led him to that i don't mm -hmm. think you just have that mentality just out the out the gate i just don't think it, i don't think I, that's how humans are wired you know i i think for me i i see a little i i i get where you're coming from yeah i see it a little different i see him as the world is not normal if I'm not winning. Because the thing about basketball is you're going to crown a champion every single year. 
and the world is not normal if I'm not that champion. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I kind of see it. So for him to get to a normal feeling inside, he had to win a championship. And I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that, man. And I think the reason a lot of people have a problem with calling LeBron James the greatest player of all time is that I don't think they, they don't think LeBron James cares to win as much. Bingo. They don't think he has a problem with losing. Bingo. Gordon did. Like, because they, they bring up LeBron James' finals record. It's like, what, three and six or something like that. I feel like, personally, that's my one knock on LeBron is you, as the greatest player of all time, cannot be happy with being three and six in a finals record. You cannot be happy going into these Golden State Warriors finals just like, oh, I lost again to the Warriors again. Like, you can't be happy. Like, where's that fire? Where's that fire? Frustration in his face. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? 100%. He, he, if he, I'll put it like this in closing because, you know, we got another topic. You know, he, uh, I think he, if he does have that fire in him, he doesn't show it publicly. Yeah. And so, and so, and so, like, you know, I'm not questioning that it's not there, but I think sometimes you got to show people. Mm-hmm. You got, sometimes you got to show people how much something bothers you, mm-hmm. right? Let them know you're coming for them, right? Like, I'm going to beat you. Mm-hmm. you it's should, okay. You should fear me. The, exactly. world, the world is normal when I'm winning. Like, if you win, it's an anomaly. Yeah, like, somebody proved a good point. There were, like, way too many people got... NBA championships while LeBron James is the best player in the league. How many <laughs> players got NBA championships when Michael Jordan was the best player in the league? Hey man, pretty much nobody. Uh, no, uh, the Pistons, the Rockets, but it wasn't a whole. It wasn't a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't a whole lot. Yeah. It wasn't a whole lot. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But yeah, let's move on, man. Because uh, I can go on for days. I know, man. They should start teaching this. They should start showing this documentary in like psychology class. Like, Bro, it should be. That is an excellent idea. Break down Michael Jordan's mindset. I don't know if they want to do that because I'm telling you, that's not a healthy mindset. Because <laughs> you, know, you know why? Because either you are that great mentally at being able to just will your way to success or whatever you deem as success, or you have the actual ability that matches that. Because you can have that mentality all you want, but if you don't have the skill to back it up, you're going to end up being middle of the pack. Yeah, that's facts. And that's cool, though, because I think, hey, it's, it's, it's mind over matter half the time, if not majority of the time. You should always want to have that healthy mentality, even if you're not that talented. Look at Steve Kerr. He overachieved in his career as a player, playing against Michael Jordan, over here hitting game-winning shots. Steve Kerr was a bench player at best. That's true. But hey, he was an even better coach, apparently. Apparently so. Apparently so. Yeah, let's move on, man. Uh, Hey, did you hear about the 6ix9ine thing again? Calling out Billboard for the shady ways? Did you hear about that? We were in uh, Ariana Grande. You know, 6ix9ine said that Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber used six credit cards to buy like 20,000 views or whatever they call it on billboard charts. Um, Ariana Grande clapped back 
and then Justin Bieber clapped back. And so um, that whole billboard stuff is a mess, dog. Like personally, when they decided to count streams, I was like, I'm out of here. You know that SpongeBob pants <laughs> uh, meme where he's jumping out, like he's standing up from the couch, like I'm out of here. That's yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's how I felt. Once they started adding that, I was like, you're gonna see some wacky ass stuff. You're gonna start seeing people like, you know, six nine. Now, granted, I mean, I get it, he's popular, but he, come on, man. Like, back when I started listening to music, it was a grind to get to number one. It was like, bruh, like, yo, you can't just bring out anything and it gets to number one. It had to be good and it had to resonate with people. He dropped Gooba just because the buzz of who he is, that thing's coming yeah. to number three. I'm like, hmm. I don't know anymore about Billboard charts. Bro, bro, do you know what? Because honestly, I don't really care about these charts, like the Billboards, the Hot 100. I, to be honest with you, I don't really care about it because it doesn't define what is good to me. It just doesn't. It's a matter of, it defines what's, I guess, hot, quote unquote, in, in Billboard's mind. To me, it never, it never was synonymous with what is, what is hot and what's not. So... To be honest with you, I don't care. I don't care about none of this shit. It's just, it's, it's all stupid, and it's and, and it's somebody who's been privileged enough to be in the the hot one hundred and be uh, you know um, you know striving to get number one songs and shit like that over time. Like six nine, he's been he's been known for that. So he just he just wants to simply get back to where he's accustomed to being. But again, is Gooba a hot song? Sure, maybe it's getting a lot of publicity. Is it a great song musically? Is it a is the song that good to where we can legitimately have a real argument and say, yo, that song is number one. It should be number one. If we, I mean, no. I would say no, right? I mean, if we continue to allow the Billboard charts to be like it is, you won't be seeing people like the Beatles get beaten by people like Young Boy Never Broke Again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you people like Michael Jackson. Your beloved Michael Jackson is going to be getting beaten by somebody like a 6'9", who just every single single he comes out with, right, just goes to the top of the charts because he's a he's an interesting figure. Billboard got to think of something. Billboard but you don't, But you know what, though? As much as Billboard has to think of something, I don't think they do, man, because they're playing the game. It's it's the game. It's 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 streaming mixed with radio play. It's radio play mixed with actually people actually buying real albums. It, it I think this is a never-ending cycle that again, I think your average music consumer just needs to stay clear of. Don't even get caught up in what's what's making the charts. Whatever you think is hot, put it on your play your personal playlist, put it on your personal Spotify, your your library, and play it, bump it. Stop letting people dictate what is hot and what's not to you. Billboard does not, Billboard don't got no place in my, in my judgment when I say whether a song is hot and what's not. It but just you, doesn't. The thing, the problem with that is, you know, with Billboard, the thing is when everything is pretty much free or when everybody is borrowing accounts, oh yeah, okay, I will play 6 ix album or okay, yeah, I'll play it, it's free. What really mattered was back then who was willing to buy it 
who was willing to be like, I have so much trust, or I like this song or album so much, I'm willing to buy it. That meant something. Everybody can play. It's no longer who has the best song, it's who's the most popular, of course. If, if it's free, I mean, or, or Spotify is $9. But that's the problem. That's the problem right there. Nobody, everybody cares about numbers. Nobody's really focusing on the, what's yeah. actually good, right? The product itself. What is good? Everyone's caught up in, oh, this, this song went number one. Oh, this album had 150,000 uh, 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 purchases in the first week. Oh, okay, does that make it fire? Because people were streaming it? Come on, man. Is that what it means? Come on, man. Because, because, because think about it like this. Nav, we talked about this on the last episode. Nav, first week, 153K or something like that. Mm -hmm. Debut at number one. You said the album was not good. Hey, I'm not mad at that. But the numbers would suggest that people think it's good either because because you know because you normally uh, no 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 I, no I know I'm agreeing with you. But what I'm saying is people get caught up in the numbers, right? They equate demand with it being good. Oh, it had a hundred and something, something thousand first week. Oh, people like it, huh? No, that doesn't mean it's that good. It just means it has a, a nice little buzz. Oh, it's hot. Okay. But why? Is it because of the music? Usually it's not because of the music itself. It's something surrounding the music. Just saying. And I have a problem with that. I mean, I, I do think too. here's the thing. What, what I have an issue with America thrives off of metrics. We are a metrics-driven country. We need metrics. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to know, okay, this is how many people watched this TV show. This is how many people watched this movie. This is how many people listened to this. Metrics drive America in every kind of way. In a perfect world, of course. Yeah, you know, you should go and play what you like. That's not happening. Not with all this free Spotify, free YouTube that you can use. That's not happening. So by us just opening up a can of worms with all this mm -hmm. stuff, with this allowing everything streams, you taking away, you watering down metrics. And I think that's a very dangerous, that's a very dangerous place you want to go because once you start watering down metrics, it becomes impossible to figure out what makes money? What's supposed to make money? What's quality? It, the quality aspect, that part right there. It, it becomes impossible to judge quality. Numbers no longer mean quality. Mm -hmm. It no longer means it. And, and I don't know if it ever did. That's I guess number, numbers just only means demand to me. But demand does not mean quality. It should. Because mm -hmm. why would you be demanding something that's trash? Right? The thing is, you'll never buy. You would never buy even look at trash right you would never buy it you would never you would never be like first and foremost back in the day if you were selling units then you had to at least have been a solid artist you had to have at least been somebody that has had a single or two that was popping on the radio and you were like yo based off the two singles that they had that was really good i went and bought hit their albums yeah. Of the people are dropping surprise albums. <laughs> right. Don't even know what's on there. And they're selling like 150,000. It's crazy. How? Based it's crazy. on what? It's just hey. based on buzz. It's just based off it's free. Yo, bro. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. 
until somebody explains to me in elementary, sorry, in, in basic baby goo goo gaga terms, how to calculate the worth of a stream, I don't even want to have this conversation. <laughs> like, how the fuck are they even calculating actually one stream two. is? Yeah, I know, I know what you're about. Uh, no, 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 it's 1,000, no, 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 it's 1,000 and like 83 streams, right? Is equivalent to like one album sale, some crazy ass exactly. number. Exactly. How do they even get to that? And why is it even that number? <laughs> Your average person has no idea. Exactly. Until they make that just very basic, these numbers are just very, very so, kind of just random to me. So let's play, let's play hypothetical real quick. All right. In today's world, how many albums do you think Thriller would have sold? <laughs> Thriller is on like... Oh, shit. How did I know you about to say Thriller, man? Imagine it's free. Now you making Thriller free? Thriller, actually, it is free right now. So. Wait, are you talking about like them re-releasing it, or if Michael Jackson actually put out Thriller during yeah, the streaming era? Streaming. There was countless streams back. Oh then. man, he would have broke records. He would have broke records that could not have been broken. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. That's so, insane. anyway, man. Uh, yeah, let's get into something else, man. So we got the coronavirus. You want to give the coronavirus update? Oh yes. Da, 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 da. Um, coronavirus update. Where we are right now is, I believe, all states are at least partially open right now, right? All states are partially open. Um, Donald Trump said that he's going to open up churches, right? Which I think is a bad decision. I mean, would you want to go to church and sit there with uh, a bunch of older people for an hour and a half? <laughs> Wait, is that, a, is that a, like a rhetorical question or are you asking me? Uh, that's a rhetorical question because it should be no for everybody. But um, just, just check it. You know what's actually pretty funny is that I, I wholeheartedly, and I may, get struck, I may get struck down by some thunder or whatever, lightning, I wholeheartedly believe church should be uh, streamed. Like, <laughs> there is no problem with church being streamed. Do you really have to be in a church to get the Holy Spirit or to feel the Holy Spirit? Do you got to be there? Is it something about the chairs? Is it something about touching the hymnal? That <laughs> the hymnal. <laughs> Do you got to be present to... To, 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 to understand blessings and all that stuff. I know I'm asking, I know I'm asking an atheist, but uh, just answer. Are you talking, are you, oh, are you asking me a question? <laughs> Wait, uh, so, so I'm an atheist. So I'm an atheist now, according to you. <laughs> but uh, nah, come on, man, of course not. Like you don't have to be in church like, at all, but there is an element of going to church that does feel, it, it, I, I understand the whole point about it. Although I do like remote church. Like it's been cool. Like it's been cool to like stream church. Like, cause that's kind of what I've been doing every now and again. Mm -hmm. Like just randomly go to one of these churches, um, uh, like streaming website, whether it's YouTube or whatever on their website where they're streaming it. And it, it's kind of nice to have it in your, you know, in your own home. We do everything else in our own home. Right. Like, mm -hmm. 
we want we we don't even have to go to movies anymore. Like you, I'm not equating church to movies, but my point is how traditionally people have gone to movies, the movie theater to consume a movie, versus people saying, "Oh, I'd rather just consume it in my house." Like it's the same effect. I'm comfortable. I can go get some food. I'm chill. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know, man. I guess it's just up to the person. I can see how I can see both sides. I think it's a horrible idea to open up things like that very quickly. This, I, I just don't think it's a good idea. This early, I mean, which by wait till, the, wait till phase one thousand. How about that? You mean what's that? Two thousand twenty-five will be by phase one thousand. Yes. I cannot picture the day that we're like no more coronavirus, like zero guys. There's only zero cases. I I I can't see it, and that's Me crazy. Too. Me it's too. Going on for three for three months, and I'm already like this is the new normal. And that's. I, it's it's crazy, man. We're gonna have to deal with it somehow, some way. I don't know how, but we're gonna have to figure it out. You know, I don't know. Some people, I'm pretty sure, are on the verge of like, just give it to me. Just come on, just bring it. Just give it to me, bro. I'll fight it. Come on. Mm, I'm gonna fight this thing. I think so. I think those are the people being driven crazy in their own home. They're like, they're just ready to get the hell out. Exactly. You know, antibodies. I want the antibodies as we speak, bro. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm. As we are speaking, not literally, but I did was doing it earlier. I'm looking into getting antibody testing. It's like, yeah. I promise you, like, why not? You want, wouldn't you want to know if you've gotten the coronavirus before? How, how, wait, where do you get it from? See, oh, now you're intrigued. So, oh yeah, I'm trying to get it. So you just said hell no. Now you're saying, oh, hmm, tell, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> No, but seriously though, they have antibody testing where you can actually, you can actually go to a facility where they can just test you to see whether or not you've had it before or not. And if you've had it, that means that your body has developed the antibodies to be able to fight it if you, if you somehow get another strand in the future. But you won't be able to get the same strand that's been going around because you're immune to it, essentially. It's that's not, the whole point. Exactly. It's not a guarantee that, you know, the next wave would be uh, stopped because they mutated. Correct, correct, like, and that's and that's the thing. Goodness gracious! Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's, it's, I'm, it's, I'm like, I'm like Jesus, God. Do you like want to be like? I'm about to play around with you guys. <laughs> I sometimes feel like God has a a, a Nintendo controller, <laughs> just be playing around with the world. <laughs> like, oh, you, think, you think the coronavirus looks like this, and then it just changes faces. It's like. Why? Bro, Nintendo controllers, sometimes it feels like you're playing, this world is pin, the pinball machine. Like, imagine imagine us being in the actual pinball game and God is the one playing it. Like, okay, yeah, here's the ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, exactly. here, here we go. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you start to ask yourself, why is this type of stuff happening? And it's like, yeah. I don't know, man. No you one know, knows. It makes you stronger, I guess. I mean... I don't know. I'm here. I don't know, man. You know what? You know what does bring me joy is talking about new music. So I think we should do oh, that. Finally, yes. Right, there we go. That's what they pay me for. That's what they pay me 19 cents an hour for. There you go. Watch the throne. So we are back with our Watch the Throne segment, and we got our first album that we're talking about: Future, Future Hendrix, Pluto. Come on, man. Help me, help me out here. Help, help me, please. Um, uh, 
Um, he had a few super young daffodil. Okay, all right, man. Let's just let's just kick off the album. He dropped a new one called High Off Life. What did you think about the project, sir? You know, um, there was a lot of people that didn't like the project, and then there was a lot of people that liked it. Um, there was no middle ground when it came to this project, which I thought was pretty bizarre. Um, I am more on the side of liking the project. I thought it was actually a pretty dope body of work. I thought that future, um, at the end of the day, he gave you good trap music. Like he gave you trap music that had some dope ass beats. He gave you trap music with melodies that were fearless. He sounded like himself in a sense where he wasn't trying to do too much vocally. Uh, he sung, he rapped, uh, he talked about every single thing you would expect Future to talk about from the drug dealing past to the luxuriousness to the toxicness. He, he's the most toxic rapper when it comes to treating women. This dude is great at treating women bad. Um, but um, as a whole, I thought the album was pretty decent. I, I thought it was pretty, I would say I thought the album was good. Um, when you break the album down, you know, by songs, I thought, though the intro was really good, Trapped in the Sun, I thought that was probably one of his weaker intros in his, his career, um, but it was still good. I thought high tech tech was good. Um, Solitaires was decent, you know, pretty solid. Um, you know, hard to choose is dope. I thought trillionaire with young boy never broke again. That grew on me. Um, but today, as it stands, I think that is one of the best songs on the album, easily. Um, and then at the very very bottom, you know, you got. 100 Shooters, Tycoon, Life is Good, Life is Good, Remix, et cetera, et cetera. Um, at the end of the day, what do you want from Future, right? Do you want super great music or do you want music that is appealing and that resonates with you? And I think he did just that. The last two things I said, appealing and resonates with you. So in my humbling opinion, I feel like this is a good album that you, you just, you can't hear It's a good album. Okay. It's good, man. It's a good it's album? Good. Okay. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm not, okay. What, what's your grade? How about that? B minus. B minus. Wow. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't, um, I can't agree with that, man. Cause you know, oh. first off, are you done? I am done. Okay, all right. So now that I'm done. Yeah, exactly. Now, now that I know that you're done, I can I can promptly go in. So you broke down the the the, the title tracks and you know what I'm saying, what songs that I think people are probably rocking with the most. Uh, you know, that's cool. Um and while Future is basically automatic at this point, right? Like, it's it's hard for me to even trash him a whole lot. So I'll start with the positives. I think that, uh, you know, he basically has been, he, he gave us everything that I think 
he has done well from a melodic standpoint, uh, at least rapping wise. Um, I'll get into some of, some of the criticisms a little bit later, but from a rapping standpoint, what, you're known, what you know from him, the trap vibe, right? The, the savage mode, everything, the, 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 unfortunately, the, like you said, the toxicity that he shows in the music, this is why we've loved him, right? We've loved him for the content, how raw it sounds. We've loved him for how evolving his, his musicality has, has shown us over the years. Unfortunately, though, I feel like this this album is very, it's very monotonous. Like it sounds average to me from the standpoint of Future's discography, right? I understand that Future, if you compare him to someone who also makes trap music, maybe an up and comer, maybe someone that's not a Future, maybe not as good as him, you will say that this is much better, right? Because Future generally makes really good trap music every single time around. It's hard to even point out a time where he's not really given us something that quote unquote slaps, right? I just personally have gotten to the point with Future where I'm no longer moved by his trap vibe. You know, especially when he's shown us that he's so much more of an artist, musical artist, than that, than that typical trap sound. And while that's not me saying he should stop making this type of music because I still want this from him. I want this from Future. Don't ever get it twisted. This will never get old to me, right? Where he gives us this and I'm like, get this shit out of here because I do like it. However, because Future is such a seasoned artist, because he's such a guy who has given us so many different vibes, so many different varieties, I'll, I'll point to you one. Um, I always... I'll, Anytime anybody asks me about Future and why do I like Future and what do I think his best project is and why, you know, you can never not mention DS2, right? You can never not mention that. It's arguably his best project and for good reason. It was great. It was concise. I think it had like 13 songs. Uh, he didn't, that was like his highest element of trap music that you could possibly make out here. I, it's put... I will put up DS2 trap music versus any trap music I've heard in the history of trap music. And you try to tell me why something is better than that. I can make an argument why I think that is one of the best type of trap sounds ever. However, when he's put out projects like Future Hendrix, right, he's given us those vibes. He's given us the melodies. He put out that last EP that he, um, that he dropped, I think it was late last year, called Save Me, which I thought was one of the best projects I've ever heard from Future is Save Me. It was, it was seven songs, I get it. Wasn't enough to call it an album, unless you're Pusha T, who dropped Daytona and all the other people in good music, who trying to call seven songs an album now. That's besides the point. Exactly. He put out a seven song project that I thought was phenomenal musically. He still kept, he still stayed true to himself from the trap sound but he gave us something different. He showed that he was much more than that. So for me, it's more of wishful thinking, me hoping that he would just take that melodic sound and run with it a little bit more, right? But if I'm judging what he gave us, which is what we're doing, we're evaluating high off life. I can't say that this is his best trap music that he's ever given us. Like it's, it's a little watered down. It's not that good to me personally. Um, it's just not the best future that I've heard in that realm. So 
I have to just simply say it's it was a little average to me. Um, although there are some good, there are some songs that I think were really good. Like you, you talked about it. The song with Young, NBA Youngboy, Never Broke Again. That song is fucking tight to me. I love it. I love it. Um, I also like the song with Young Thug, Harlem Shake. Dope song. Touch the Sky. I mean, he has some joints on here that I really like. However, it's just not the best version of Future that I've heard before. And so, so if I'm evaluating him versus himself, which is what I think we need to start doing and stop acting like every time a, a legendary artist or a great artist puts out a body of work, it's the best thing that we ever heard. This is average. It's average to good. I'll give it a C plus. That's my grade. What? You went on this long ass rant and you gave it a C plus? C plus. <laughs> C plus. Average to good means C plus to me. That's actually C plus is fair. I, I gave it B minus. That's you know one step below mine. I mean, and then the day it's 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 good trap music. Future does what he does well at a very high level. Like on this album, it's to me it's 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 when you talk about that unadulterated trap music that he did on DS2, that's what he does on this album. This is second to DS2 when it comes to unadulterated trap music on an album. I would say I would say it's about third, this third, to, third, was, of, third or fourth to DS2. What's second? Because I think this album was better than Future, bro. Off-titled Future. I think this album was better than that. Let's let's do this then. So if we're really going trap vibes versus I'm gonna say we're really talking about all of his albums, I would say that High Off Life is not better than Honest. Personally, trap. We talking trap vibes. Honest was bro. Honest amazing. had Honest had a little bit of both. It was it was like it was like the vibe. It was like the melody mixed with the trap. You're right, but the trap music on that album to me was better than this. It just was. You don't put Honest on the same category as DS2. I'm talking DS2. You're talking about a full album worth of trap. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, a full okay. album worth of trap. Fair enough. Beast Mode 2, how about that? That's not an album. What, what, what do you consider that then? Mixtape. That's why I said it's an album. That's why I know what I said. I said. I, you know what? You know what? So that's the technicality that I don't like. Let's just talk about go. the bodies of works that he's put out. How about that? Talking bodies of work. Let's talk about that then. Okay, you're talking bodies of work. Yes, you're right. Maybe like fourth, third, or fourth. But when it comes to quality, I think it's actually number one or two. Like it's high quality trap music. Now, whether you like it or not, that's up to you. You know, that's your opinion. But sure. in the day, I think it's high quality trap music. I think it's actually he does what he does well, very well on this album. So, but I mean, I get it. I mean, some people, people are either tired of future, so they want to see something different from him, or people want it to resonate with them every single time. They want it to resonate like it re like DS2 resonated. DS2 was just, you know how they say, you know how some NBA players, right? Mm. Some nights, it's just like, it's just their night. Everything is just falling. DS2 is an album that to me was a level of magic that I don't think Future would ever be able to achieve again as an, a, a rapper. That was just a magical track album. You're not wrong for that. And the thing, but the thing, the problem that the problem here is well, what you said initially, excuse me. And it's 
I, I don't think I will say I'm tired of Future because I, I still enjoy him as an artist. However, I am ready for a little switch up. See, and that's your problem. I'm ready. It's not a problem. That's that's me as a fan saying. That's me. That's me as a consumer saying, bro, you've given us one vibe for so long, and you look, you sprinkle these little melodies here and there, bro. Like that's your best sound. If you talk to most people who like Future, most they will tell you Future Hendrix is when is the type of Future that they like. And that's the type of sound I'm talking about. But you can't tell me when he's not Future Hendrix that his stuff is bad just because it's. I never said it was bad. Or, you or, just said or, that word. Or you can't say that this, you can't have a major issue with it just because it's not what you prefer to hear from him. I, that's not, but that's not why I, I don't even have an issue, a real one, but that's not why I have an issue, quote unquote. It's not because of my preference. It's, again, I don't think this is his best quality type of trap music. Like the quality of music on here is just not the best I've heard from it. On in the trap lane as well. I'm speaking primarily about that that sound. Okay. It's just not that good. I personally I don't think, like I said, I, I don't think the reason why I can sit here and say it's good is because I think the music is good. It just doesn't have the same magic as DS2. It's mm -hmm. lacking that. It's lacking that magic. And you know. That doesn't mean it's not bad. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just means it just doesn't got that same magic. Yep. You're right. But uh, yeah, like I said, C plus. Uh, uh, not a bad project. It might get. It might grow on me. It might grow on me. Okay. Uh, play it in the car, like like you told me. Play it in the car, like you told me for this next artist we're about to go to. That's facts. Gonna wanna. He just dropped a new album. Uh, a couple of days ago, yeah, highly anticipated album that actually had a documentary that um, he brought out right before it came out. How do you feel about this album? Oh, I'm glad you asked, man. Um, I think only one, one of us watched the documentary, right? I, I'm watching. <laughs> you know what? I, I got, sorry, before you go, I got some new shows that I started watching. I yeah. started watching uh, Mama June. Uh, oh jeez! That's a pretty decent show. Um, I started watching um, Mass Singer. I actually started watching. Them. That's a decent show. I like that show. You like the show, you know? What I'm yeah. saying pretty, pretty dope. Yeah. The Millionaire. Gunna so, Gunna documentary part four. I, like, I didn't have time to listen to Gunna Gunna's documentary, but um, sorry, I just wanted to let you guys know that. But go ahead. Well, well, thank you for that. Uh, I think I think it's important to know that uh, Gunna just dropped his album called Wanna, and I have zero idea what Wanna means. Like, what is Wanna? What the hell is a Wanna? Like, I, you know, I'm not trying to make this a big deal about the album titles because, listen, man, they've been bad lately. They you had a remember you had a problem with uh, Kehlani, right? Yes. Yeah. It was good until it wasn't. I, I was the one who was like, you know what? I can see why you're saying it. I just don't think it was that bad. Wanna, I feel passionately about the fact that that shit makes zero sense. <laughs> like, I literally don't know who came up with that, why they think it was cool. But hey, I'm not here to talk about the album title. I want to talk about the music on it, though. Because on Wanna, which was the, man, I, I want to call this highly anticipated. Uh, album from Gunna. He's been one of those guys who put out features 
on Young Thugs projects. And, you know, he's been heavily requested over the years. And so following the release of his last project, Dripper Drown 2, which was, I think, received with mixed, with very mixed uh, receptions at that time. Uh, over time, though, I think people, it started to resonate with people, just in general. Even if you were somebody who didn't like him as an artist, it, over time, it kind of grew. So I was curious to see how he would parlay that into maybe dropping this album, because on Wanna, the buildup was very, very spotty. I didn't really feel much of a, much of a buzz. It, you, could, you could argue the coronavirus threw off, you know, <laughs> uh, the rollout of many artists, not just him, musically, right? He put out a few songs over the last couple of months, right? Skybox, when that joint dropped, I said, all right, okay. I, I, like, I like the vibes. I know you don't like it, but I thought Skybox is pretty good, like from a production standpoint. And that's one of the things that I want to highlight about Gunna, you know, at, when I get to that point. Uh, but when, when, when Skybox came out, I said, all right, this is a decent song. What else do you have? It's very similar to how I felt about his last project, Dripper Drown 2, when he put out that song called Call Me. No, sorry, um, One Call. It was like, okay, all right, I see the vibe. Okay, but what else do you have? You know, Gunna has been one of them people where I've been, I just keep asking myself, what else do you have? Do you have anything else? Okay, this is cool. What else? He somehow gave us a whole bunch of album, I'm sorry, songs on this, on this latest album that meshed very well together with each other. I will give him that. From an album standpoint, from a, uh, from a collection, from a transition production standpoint, just actually putting together a project that sounds good. He, I think he was able to accomplish that. However, when you start looking at the music, I feel like Gunna is one of those artists that damn near requires a feature on a song for it to go to the next level. Now, I'm not saying that I don't like songs that he puts out by himself, because I do. There's plenty of songs on this album in particular that I like when it's just him. For example, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a really big fan of the song Matt Gala. Again, you were talking about it earlier. Uh, play these songs in the car versus in your headphone, in your, in, in your car, I'm sorry, in your house. It changes the entire dynamic of the, of the song. Let's not even talk about if, if we were in the club hearing this, hearing this music, right? It would probably take it to a whole nother level. So Matt Gala to me was a standout. Uh, Skybox is a pretty decent song. I like that song called uh, Top Floor with Travis Scott, mainly because of Travis Scott, I'll be honest. Um, that shit sounded like Hot 3.0, because Nav Turks was like Hot 2.0. This was like the 3.0 version of Hot. I, I don't know why they keep trying to make, remake Hot, but hey, it is what it is. Because it was hot. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, true. That's true. Uh, I just, you know, I was into the song, but didn't really love the Cooler Than a Bitch song with Roddy Rich. It was, it was okay. You know, there was a, a lot of songs on here that were very repetitive. And while Gunna is, seems to naturally be a repetitive sounding artist, 
It almost seems like that's what people love about him. I just wasn't able to remove my myself from saying that this is great music. I couldn't say that. I, I can't say that about this album. It was pretty good though. I think, I think it's important that we acknowledge that if you change up your setting, when you hear music, it changes the entire dynamic of a song and an album. And I would say that about this album uh, for Gunna. So overall, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not great. I would give it about a C plus. It, it's growing on me though. The more I listen to it, I will. I may. I may acknowledge though. As much as that sounds bad, if it does, I will acknowledge. The more and more I hear certain songs like, like Argentina. The more and more I hear songs like, uh, uh, what was the other one? Don't play around. I'm like, okay, okay. Like this is not bad, you know. Overall. It seems like my biggest takeaway from hearing Gunna is that he seems to be one of them artists that you just have to keep playing his music to start liking. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Like, should I have to keep playing a song over and over to like it? Or should I just be able to hear it one time and be able to say, this is good? It's kind of up to everybody to act. So, I mean, that's really my review, you know? Like I said, C plus, can't really give it anything more. It could change over, over time, but that's how I feel right now. So. That's fair. I mean, it's funny because we have a similar grade. I, I gave it a C plus too. I'm going to yeah. tell you why I give it a C plus, right? C, C plus is such an interesting, interesting grade because it's like C plus can be considered good, right? Like you consider Gunna one of pretty, you know, you're like it's solid C plus, but then future you gave C plus, but you're like, could have been better. It was not that great. 100%. C plus is such an interesting grade to give people because it awards them, but then it also, you know, gives them a little constructive criticism at the same time. Correct. Um, I'm more on the C plus good for Ghana, believe it or not. Everybody knows me. I'm the Ghana critic. Uh, you know, I'm always skeptical about the love that Ghana gets from you guys. Um, and this time around, I actually think the you know praise that you guys gave him was actually justifiable. Um, first and foremost, let me say this: one negative. Um, I don't know why these rappers, especially this 2020, this year, feel the need to put 18 tracks on an album. I don't have the intention span for that no more. Please, not 18 tracks. No, 18 tracks are on this album. Not one intro, not one outro. I can't do it. I ain't gonna lie. The 18 no, tracks, it doesn't do it for me. I can't, it's too long. Like, as soon as I see 18 tracks, I get discouraged. I get discouraged because you just know there's gonna be a whole bunch of throwaways. Future's album, I believe, is 19 or 18. Oh, tracks. that was painful to right? go through. I'm telling you. Nav's album was 18 tracks. And then he had like, two albums that were 18 tracks. Two albums. I'm like, bro, there's no way. Like, you diluting your product like go ahead and just like keep it small like simplify it well well sorry one thing to point out is sorry not to completely derail i think that's all business why they do that mm -hmm. that's a streaming strategy streaming as strategy. to why they, yeah it's 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 and, and chris brown was the one who exploited that whole thing where he was putting out albums with a hundred songs <laughs> 
But, he uh, open he openly came out and said that that actually helps with streaming. But whatever, go ahead, continue. It does help because you get more streaming numbers, right? But um, is there anybody that is better at walking that thin line between boring and like exhilarating? Like to me, Gunna's album. If somebody came to me right now and said Gunna's album was boring, I would understand it. I swear, I would understand that. If somebody came to me and said, Gunna's album is a vibe, it is, it slaps, I would understand that too. It's like Gunna is the first hip hop artist I've ever seen that is able to put you in a spell. Like for this whole 18 tracks, you're in his spell. You just feel like you're being hypnotized by this trap dude. I mean, he even sounds like it, right? That sounds like a dream, right? It sounds like his mumbling sounds like somebody's speaking to you. Like, where's that coming from? His beats. That's facts. You know what I said? His beats feel like they got CBD in them. Like, they feel therapeutic. They feel restorative. I like that. They feel like you're getting a massage. Your ears are getting a massage listening to his beats. They feel so damn therapeutic. I don't know an, another artist that is that good at that. Um, like I said, it's I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> hey, they say they say CBD oil is good for your body. Right? I don't know if music is supposed. I guess I mean Sade's music was all about relaxing vibes, right? He's the new Sade in a sense. Um, you know what I also liked about Gunna's album? It did not have that many features. Yes, Young Thug was on there twice. Travis Scott was on there. Rowdy Rich was on there. And each song that these people were on actually made sense. Um, wasn't a lot. So you got a whole bunch of Gunna. I'm okay with that. That's cool. I don't like when people bunch up a whole bunch of people on an album, right? Um, but the thing about the Gunna album when it's all said and done is like, if you ever are able to get out of that spell that he put you on, you just gonna think it's an average album. You literally have to vibe out to this album to enjoy it. It has to be a vibe. If it's not a vibe, it's just an average album, right? And I guess uh, when you go down the line, I'll tell you the songs I liked. I liked Argentina. Um, Dollars on my head. That is a song that one day I like it, next day I don't really care for it. One day I like it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I thought Wanna was fire. Wanna, that's one of his singles off the album. I thought Wanna was fire. I thought a song that people are probably going to sleep on was tight is Addie's. I thought Addie's was dope. And the last thing I'll say about Gunna that I noticed on this album was Gunna came with more of a gangster energy, right? The best thing that has happened to Gunna's career might be the fact that people think that he was on Crime Stoppers. That might actually be the best thing because now at this point, he has to prove that he is this gangster ass dude that's a thug, he's about that life. And a lot of times that actually makes you want to rap harder. That actually makes you want to prove that you really about that life a little harder. 
think about it like this. Rick Ross didn't start making his best music until they started calling him a CEO. So I actually, in this album, can hear his content being a lot more gritty and gangster. And I actually think that's a good look for him. So uh, to summarize it, C plus, I think it's a pretty solid album for Gunna Standard. Is it better than Drip or Drown 2? I believe so. When it's all said and done, I believe it's gonna be better than Drip or Drown 2. Um, and most importantly, I think Gunna's actually trending in a good direction. Oh, he's definitely headed in the right direction. Um, I 100% agree with that. Although I disagree with, you know, what you were saying about him not having a whole lot of features. I personally feel like with this album being so long, the lack of features contributed to the, what you called it, him being possibly considered boring, right? Like there's a certain element of interest that I kind of lose when he doesn't have features. And it's not me saying that I don't like Gunna because to be honest with you, I enjoy Gunna's music a whole lot. I really do. I think Gunna, he, he, he's the first rapper to ever rap in cursive. Uh, the, the man somehow manages to float on beats. Like, you know, I've never heard, I've never heard someone flow like this really? impeccably. Let me, I, I want to say something real quick, what you just said. <laughs> okay. I am convinced what Gunna does is he calls himself on a voicemail, right? He raps his lyrics on a voicemail, and then he lets the iPhone translate the words that they think he says. Bro. His verse. Bro. <laughs> Bro. Listen, Bro. listen. Okay, I can hold on. If you watch the documentary, so I watched the documentary, I saw how he was recording, and I'm like, no wonder. It sounds like he's in a closet. Like, it sounds like he is by himself, which he wasn't in the documentary, but like the way he was just so close to the microphone, it was almost like it was one with him. Almost <laughs> like he was talking to himself. <laughs> I can go on and on. I bet my baby Chanel's and pearls. Like, how do you, he is a flowologist. He is a flowologist. I've never, I'm telling you right now, I've never heard anybody flow the way he can float on a beat before. You know, everybody likes to, you know, talk about the rappers who can actually rap, right? Who we would consider the rapidy rap dude. Oh man, he got bars. Oh, did you hear that flow? Don't let it, don't let it get it mistaken. Gunna is an elite flower as a rapper. I've never, now that's not me saying his content or his substance is, it matches his ability to flow. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying his flowing ability is top tier. It's top tier, bro. So, hey, maybe the music will grow on me. I agree with, I think we have the same grade, right? B, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, C plus, right? C plus. Yeah, so. I mean, kind right. of, this is my last comment I'm gonna say. Based off what you said with the features, the reason why I think it's important, I said it earlier, is that I think the only way you can like this album is if you want to vibe out to it. It's a vibe. And I think a lot of features would have disrupted the vibes of the album that is all about vibes. Mm -hmm. You don't want to put a whole bunch of people that don't fit. So I think 
the way he's gonna get you to like this album is like if you're on a road trip, you just driving and you cruising. Like that's the, that's what you uh, gonna does. That's what he does. He's not gonna get you to individually like every single song. You know, he, he gotta get you to vibe out. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Hey, that's on you. That's not on me. I did gonna. Huh? Oh, snap. My bad. Hey, uh, so with the next project, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, we got Polo G, uh, Sir Capalot himself. Where that comes from, I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand how somebody, I don't understand how you, you, the word cap is considered bad, like you're lying, but his name is Capalot. So he lies a lot? Or is he taking the the the, the original sense of, of Cap. Sir Capalot, Capalot, uh, like oh oh like the the, the ancient times Capalot. Talking about anyway. a, a, um, he's talking about an AK. <laughs> ah, the AK caps a lot. There you go. Uh, Sir Capalot himself dropped an album debut. No, I would say second album called The Goat. What'd you think about this, man? Whew. Um, you know, I've been talking about it on the show. I'm very high on Polo G. I think when it's all said and done, Polo G is going to be one of the top artists in hip hop, maybe like five, six years from now. Um, and Jaden Smith's going to be Drake. But uh, Polo G dropped the goat, like you said. I'm going to let you talk about how you hate that title. Um, I'm not even going to tackle that. But Personally, I think it was a, I think it was a pretty good album. Pretty good. I was actually surprised about how good it was. I've always known Polo G to be a good rapper, but I never knew that he cared about being great. You know, we talked about the last dance, right? And where we were like, what separates Michael Jordan from these other NBA players is that Michael Jordan strive for greatness. You can see it in every single thing that he did from practice to playing in the game to the mind, the psychological part. Some people are just wired like that. I actually think Polo G is wired like that. I actually think he wants to be considered the greatest rapper to come out of right now. And in the short time, he wants to be considered the greatest rapper to come out of Chicago. After he gets that, he wants to be considered the greatest rapper in the game. I can just tell. Um, with that being said, you know, the album is very emotional, man. Hood emotional, right? I cried hood tears listening to it. Um, it starts off with Don't Believe the Hype, a song that, you know, he's pretty much talking about his come up story. Then it goes to Heartless, one of my favorite rap joints in the last year or so. Um, and then from there, it kind of like goes back and forth with vibes like Flex is a high energy vibe song. Go Stupid is high energy. 21's emotional, et cetera, et cetera. Um, while I enjoyed the music, obviously, I think he's a pretty solid rapper. I think he has some pretty deep lyrics. Um, he has a good rap voice. I do think he recycles flows. If he's going to take that next step, I think he 
should be a little more versatile with his flows. I do admit that. Um, but obviously every single song on the album is good. So I started to break the album down by like greatness. Where are the songs where he shows flashes of greatness? I think he shows flashes of greatness on Heartless. I think his verse on Go Stupid with uh, NLE Choppa and um, the baby's guy, what's his name? NLE Choppa and- uh, Thunder for Vegas. There you go. Thank you. Stunner for Vegas. I thought his verse was really damn good on there. I thought he he showed the world that he can hop on a joint as high energy and hold his own. Um, but then when I heard him spit on wishing for a hero, oh man, I was I was taken aback. I hey, that was one of the first times this year. I had to I had to hold the door like yo whoa whoa wait a second wait a second he so for me what makes a rapper great is sometimes they drop some bars right that makes you be like wow wow that's sad or wow that that made me happy or wow you know etc and there was two bars that stood out that he said on that song that I think to me told me he wants to be great. He said, they killed Martin for dreaming, so now I'm scared to sleep. I was like, whoa. You don't just listen to that and say, yo, okay, wow, that's a dope bar, keep it moving. You're like, yo, you start thinking about him as a Chicago native. Like, damn, that's what he had to grow up in? Like, stuff like that? And then he said another line. He said, young dudes from my hood die early and die young. So I can't see myself being old. I'm like, damn, that's deep. That's deep to me because that's the nature of Chicago, right? And so for him, a dude that's 21, that's just trying to make it, that's trying to speak for his hood, that is actually scared that like, you know, they may kill me for what I'm trying to do. And kind of that's kind of the rhetoric. That's kind of the vibe of the whole album. A young dude trying to make it out the dirt, trying to duck ops, trying to like shed this gangsta-ass lifestyle that he's living. That's kind of the vibe I got from the album. And I'm just like, man, I was blown away. I was taken aback. Um, so all in all, I mean, the music is pretty good. It's pretty decent, but the flashes of greatness is what caught my attention the most about this album. And so with that being said, like I would give it about a B, B minus B. He, he recycled flows here and there and things like that. And I do think musicality wise, he could be a little more versatile, but at the end of the day, like it's a powerful body of work that cannot be ignored. Mm. Hey, uh, you, so you said a lot, you said a lot about uh, Polo G and I can see how this is, this is one of your guys now. I can see, I can see how this is one of your guys now based on how you even broke down his music. And um, yeah, that's a good grade, good review. So for me personally, I, uh, I feel a lot of the same way you feel about him and uh, the fact that he's the truth. And the fact that um, 
I think he has so much growth and so much more to, to, to really ascend to. I said this on the last show and I really feel this way um, because I think it's an important point to, to really understand why Polo G is so good. It, like he is a poet. Like his, his words are not just words, bro. Like they have Shakespearean kind of like meanings where you kind of have to really assess what, how he's saying it. Like it's almost the, the infliction in which he's saying it, like the way he chooses to flow on that particular subject. And there's so much, it's so much deeper than just the, the, the very surface level bars that you may, I may maybe say, if you're just not maybe paying a whole lot of attention. So I really believe Polo G is the truth on so many levels. Uh, because of his ability to make you feel his story. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you talked about it, man. Like the struggles that come out of uh, what he's had to go through growing up and maybe what he's still having to go through now. And, and, and as, a, as a young man out of Chicago, uh, seeing violence, dealing with that, the trauma, all of the struggles, him trying to be great as an artist. I, I, I saw a review, I'm sorry, I saw an interview with him recently where he talked about how he hasn't been rapping for that long, which is, has been a very consistent theme that I've noticed amongst, um, you know, artists as of the last few years. It, it just feels like, again, you can argue everybody is an artist now and how that is watering down the, the music scene. I've heard that argument being made and I don't disagree with that all the way. However, I do think it breeds people like Polo G, right? Where he doesn't, at least to my knowledge, and I didn't, I didn't hear him say this, he doesn't come from a musical background. He wasn't making music all his life growing up. He just decided to pick up a mic. He, just, he was some dude who has a story who decided to pick up a mic and has been able to convey his message to the world and uh, on, a, on, a, on a larger scale. Because you, you can see the, the way Polo G is starting to resonate with people uh, who maybe not even lived the same life he lived, but just in general, the way he says these words is touching people. So with that being said, I get into the, the album. Uh, very, very good album. Very good. I'm talking about powerful messages. Um, some of these songs we had heard before, before the album dropped, right? Heartless, the joint with mustard, fire. I can't, I can't even imagine. I like, the t- when I heard that song, I was not fully bought into Polo G. It- it's not that I didn't think he was good. It was more so I kept hearing about this guy named Polo G. And I'm like, okay, here's another guy that everybody says is tight. You know, you, we, you know what we do, we hear a lot of new uh, up-and-coming artists, right? And it's up to us to really judge, okay, what, what do they have that is different from the next? It didn't take me very long during that song to really understand why people were raving about this guy and why he could be next, you know? Uh, so I think Heartless is dope. I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm a real fan of that, his verse. Like you said, overall the song of Go Stupid. Although I feel like NLE Chapo just kind of like went rogue. Like his verse was just very, it's like he forgot that he was, did he even hear the beat while he was rapping? It just felt like he was just rapping acapella and he tried to piece together his verse. I, I don't know. He kind of went left, but nonetheless, it's a hype song. I really like it. 
of course you gotta shout out the song with Juice World. Um, rest in peace. Uh, I think that song is really good, not because Juice World is on it, not because he passed. Uh, it's just a cool song. Uh, 21 and 33, dope ass songs. Back to backs in particular, the way he was able to really give us that type of subject matter, the, the you know, us really giving him, uh, I'm sorry, him really giving us a part of his life and walking us through the trenches. Dude, I cannot say this enough. You know, music is a form of expression. Expression is a form of how you, you have been able to convey your life or maybe the lives of others in a format of music. The people who are the best at it are the people who tell the best stories. Polo G is a natural born storyteller. He just is. And so there's not a whole lot of negativity that I even have towards this album, to be honest with you. Um, I would kind of be fighting to, to, to really find and, and struggle to find something negative to say about it. But if I have to, because I, I just kind of like to be objective and just be a little bit of a critic in, 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 a, in a positive sense. Um, this is very normal. We say this all the time. The album was very long. Polo G, while he showed a lot of versatility in his music, right? He, he somehow, some way, he's been able to find a, a very good balance of being that street hood trap rapper giving you that perspective, but he can also carry a melody where it doesn't sound inauthentic. Like it actually sounds pretty decent, you know? I think if he were to just cut down on his project, um, maybe take out four or five songs. I could see a couple songs where I, where I could see him taking out um, no matter what. Again, this is not me saying these songs are not good. It's just saying, hey, here's how you can refine the project to make it a little bit better. No matter what. I can see that song not really being on the album. Uh, Chinatown. Yeah, I can see how you would take that out. I did not mention D&D. Oh, my God. D&D. D&D is Polo G at its finest. And of course, you talked about it, the Tupac sample, the wishing for a hero. Bro, I, I didn't know how to feel about that song when I first threw it on because I don't like when people just flip older songs and they don't do a interpretation of it, right? Where, like, he literally flipped the, you know, uh, changes with Tupac. It's the same exact beat where... I, I, and I, if I'm being consistent, I've criticized artists in the past where I'm like, yo, this was not tastefully done. You know, how come it couldn't have been a little bit better done? Uh, I'm gonna have to give him his credit here. I'm gonna have to switch up because he did a great job on that song. You know, and for that to be the outro, I thought it was very powerful. So overall, I'm gonna give this album a, a, a B. I'm gonna give it a B. Although I, I really want to give it a B plus, but if I but if I have to, again, if there's any critique, if there's anything that I think could could prevent this project from becoming a B plus, is like the fact that it's it's just a little too long for me. It's a little bit too long. I, Polo G is while his subject matter is very powerful, it's very diverse in a sense. It's not 16 songs worth of variation, like. For the most part, he's saying the same type of stuff, damn near on every track. 
It's not me hating. It's just me saying, bro, this shit's kind of too long. You could have made it 12 songs. He could have made this album 12 songs. I'm gonna give it a B. I think it's I think it's really good though. It's a really good debut. Um, for most people, this is his debut project. So shout out to uh, him, man. It's a good project. I agree. I mean, like I said, I, I, I think it's a good project. I do see improvements he can make. Not, and that's me just being nitpicky. Mm-hmm. Like as a, a musician, as an overall musician, I do see him, you know, just possibly, you know, just, a, you know. Making you know, tweaks, making tweaks here and there, right? It's like I said, I don't, I personally don't give many albums B plus or A. So in order to get to that next level, if you want to get to that A or B plus, you know, there's some tweaks here and there, musicality, like more dynamic, more, um, more of an experience. You know what I'm saying? More of an experience musically. But I'm with so, you. So, so one of the, so real quick before we move on to the next album. So an example of maybe taking it another level musically, giving us a different experience would kind of be what Roddy Rich did on his last project, right? Where to me, I was raving about that project. I think I gave it an A, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was for many reasons. But the biggest thing that I would say Polo G could incorporate is something like what is something like uh, what Roddy Rich did on um, crap. What the hell's the name of the song? Ooh, you remember you remember the song where he had that orchestra orchestra? Oh yeah, where, yeah. Where yeah, like yeah. his I think I, I think the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. Like production wise, I feel like that's production exactly could elevate his sound. That's exactly where, where I'm going with it. Which he did have an orchestra on Wishing for a Hero. He did, but it was, but it, but it wasn't, it wasn't mixed that well. Like it didn't sound grandiose. Well, the thing you know is, what I'm saying? It did. Yeah. I mean, that's not me. Hey, that's not me knocking. Even it was still did, really good. Even if it didn't, that's still the best song in, or one of the best songs on the album, right? So that means yeah, he did yeah. something right there. Oh, he so, definitely did. He definitely did. You know, I think. I think also too, like if he would have structured the album like almost like a concept album, like that would even. He is the perfect rapper to do a concept album. Yes, I think if he does a concept album, he would be great. Agreed. Because you know, I, I want to say something. YG makes great albums. You know why? Because YG does concept albums. YG is hood and understands that hood aspect. So his body of works tends to be good because it's just, he understands how to put it together. Mm-hmm. He has a story. He, he knows how to tell a story. He knows how to, he knows how to like each step of the way, keep you intrigued. Yeah. You know, so that's just, that's just me nitpicky. Okay. But yeah, Next, overall, like I said, great, great project. Go ahead. My bad. Yes, sir. Next album is by Roy Woods, a.k.a. Uh, the Toronto Michael Jackson. I didn't pay much attention to this album, so you got to enlighten me. I actually don't remember the name of the album. It's called Dem Times. Very, thank you, thank you. Dem Times. Yeah, it's called Dem Times. and uh, Enlighten me on why I should like it or not like it. Well, I'll say this, because um, Roy Woods is... I like to call him Prince. I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about the Michael Jackson. He's more Prince than Michael Jackson to me. Nah, I'll give him Prince. The reason why I give him Prince is because uh not that he's actually on Prince levels uh as a talent, but his range uh musically, right? He like he he does so many different things and so many different intricacies 
that I could that I kind of see that. But besides that point, he dropped his new album, Them Times, which is more of an EP. I think it was six songs. Uh and uh I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I uh I will say Roy Woods has been one of them dudes for me over the years where he's kind of shown me uh, that Toronto has so much more to offer than just the people who've been on the surface level, right? Like your Drake's, your Weekends, even Tory Lanez. Not forgetting that Tory Lanez started as a young up and coming artist who had to grind his way to be where he is now. But uh, Toronto is just super talented, man. And it's, I think we need to start having a conversation about Toronto music and its impact on, on, on the genre of R&B and just music overall, because it almost seems like everywhere you turn, there is a Toronto, specifically Toronto artist who is now dominating music. But besides the point, Roy Woods dropped this project and I just thought it was okay. I'm very used to Roy, Roy Woods having more of an impact musically than, uh, than I think he was able to show on this project. Um, I just don't really feel like it was a good follow-up for him, seeing as his last project that he dropped about three years ago called Say Less, to me, was phenomenal. And I just, you know, it, Say Less is one of those projects that I, I'm still playing parts of that project still to this day. To this day! To, to this day! Like, it, it's one of those for me, right? Like, it's still happening. So... I'm hoping that there's more to his rollout, hoping there's more to what he's gonna be bringing out to us because I just was not impressed with this project. And especially because it felt like he, he was trying to assimilate into the sound of today, right? I'm used to Roy Woods, Roy Woods having his own sound, him not really sounding like many people, if anybody. To me, he did a lot of flexing and biting on this one, on this newest one. Bro, he sounded like Playboy Cardi on a few songs. He sounded like Lil Uzi Vert. And it's like, bro, you're not a rapper. Like, when, I'm not, I'm not mad at an artist for experimenting. I'm not, I'll never be mad at that because I feel like Roy Wood specifically is an experimental artist. But I just feel like he, he kind of dumbed down his music this time around, honestly where he did not stay true to himself musically and really show the world why he is who he is musically. But in a very weird way, with me saying all of that, I feel like this is the project that's going to get Roy Woods the buzz that he's been so desperately trying to get. Why do I say that? Because he sounds like everybody else. And in a weird way, unfortunately, when you are an up and coming artist, a lot of times, and I'm not, and Roy Woods is popping. He signed an OVO and shit like that. So I don't want to make it seem like he's not signed or anything, right? But clearly he's making music trying to get to another level, right? I feel like he's had a fan base, but he's looking, to, he's looking for more. And I feel like he's, he's thinking his opportunity is to make songs like Playboy Cardi. Like, bro, go and listen to a few of these songs, man. Like, bro, the song Like Pascal, Shout out to Pascal Siakam, right? He got a ref for Toronto, especially the African dudes in Toronto. I get it. 
that song sounds exactly like a Playboy Cardi song. And while Playboy Cardi is one of the, I guess, hottest things in music today amongst the younger crowd, the very, very younger crowd, that's not a good, I think, lane that Roy, Wood wants, Roy Woods wants to go down because he's just not that, it's, he's just not that type of artist. So I'm here to say this album was not that good. Uh, sorry, EP was not that good. But I think he's better than this. Like, but unfortunately, what he gave us was just not that good. I'm going to give it a C minus to damn near D plus, bro. Like, this was not, this was not it. This was not it. Mm. This was not it. You know, you know what scares me? Yeah. First and foremost, let me say this. All right. Let me re re recalibrate my thoughts. Soon we're going to have to start saying that some type of music sounds 2010-ish. Some type of music sounds 2014-ish. Some type of music sounds 2017-ish, right? We got to start, we're going to start saying that because we were able to say that about the 90s, late 90s, 2000s, mid-2000s, et cetera, et cetera. And typically, the people that know that your music is not resonating with the present day listeners are the producers, the executives, and you know the people that are involved in the music making. I'm here to tell you right now, and this is a feeling that I felt a couple years ago. I'm not sure Roy Woods' sound will resonate with people in 2020. He's one of the few people that has a sound that I think has an issue getting to like the next couple of years coming out. Like for instance, I think Young and May has that issue who just dropped an album that is horrible, right? Uh, Very bad. <laughs> um, what's that girl that dropped a bad album? Um, uh, Stefan Don. Oh, that was awful. Stephon sounded like 2013, 2014 music. I am afraid Roy Woods' music sounds like 2016 and that he would not be able to adjust to 2020 sound. I'm, I'm, that, that is the reason I think he went such rogue with his sound. That is the reason why I think it took him three years to release. It took him three years to release six songs. Six? Three? It's because he probably... Is, this is all speculation. I think he, he, he's not sure of his sound anymore. I think he looked at the landscape of music today and looked at what he released before and was like, I don't think it's gonna resonate with people. Let me go a different route. Let me go the Uzi Vert route. Let me go the Playboy Cardi route. Because, and I'm not saying, I'm not gonna sit here and say, it won't resonate with people. I'm just not sure. And for him, I'm pretty sure if he feels he's not sure, he's scared to bring out the real music that he's good at. That could have happened to Division, right? That could have seriously happened to Division, where Division was like, yo, our first couple of albums resonate with people, but do you think people in 2020 want to hear this? 
maybe our sound is like a 2015 sound, 2016 sound. Well, it's, yeah, that, that's, yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, finish the thought. I, I, but I do believe, personally, Roy Woods is somebody that's so into the music, somebody that is so um, into his craft that he gets paranoid. He probably gets paranoid to drop music that sounds like the music that he's supposed to be dropping and just starts experimenting with stuff. And, and rightfully so, I get that because I feel it too. It's a decent song, but it sounds like an old 2015, 2016 song. I'm not sure that song would resonate with 2020 people. Yeah, yeah. You, you're bringing up an interesting point that um, I think... Uh, which, by the way, sorry, I believe yeah. more artists than not think like that. You know, and that's where I was. That's where I was going because I think the bigger conversation that needs to be had is is that artists all, whether they say it or not, they all have a decision to make, which is, do I make the music that I like to make and stay true to myself, or do I overextend? and make music that I might not be as comfortable or naturally inclined to make, right? It's not saying that they can't do it. It's what do they actually feel like making? I don't think that gets talked about enough in music because we're all, considered, we're all concerned with artists dropping new music that we're just like, oh, they must like the music that they put out. I, I'm here to tell you, I have a sneaky suspicion that about 85 to 90, and this is a random arbitrary number, I get it. So I'll just say majority of your favorite artists do not want to put out the music that they are putting out. Facts. Facts. It's, it's, it's the label, it's the, what is what people are listening to that is driving the type of music that they're making. So, and, and, and the thing is, and, and, and I, yeah, sorry. And I think Roy Woods is a, is a perfect example of somebody who I suspect is doing just that. I have an inkling. And, and like I said, some of our major artists, some artists are just so good that they're able to overcome it. Like Bieber, right? Justin Bieber probably said the pop music I used to make will not resonate with people. They don't want to hear pop Bieber. They want to hear R&B, R&B Bieber. So he switched up his sound like completely to something that's more conducive to today's music. Um, I do think one of the main reasons Drake is struggling to sell is because back in the past, Drake was able to be like, yo, I'm gonna start making 2015 music. I'm gonna start making 2016 music. I'm gonna be one step ahead of what people think is the new, best, the latest, greatest thing. He's been able to do that every single year, except 2018, 19, 20. He's struggling with finding what the latest, greatest thing is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, but the thing that you gotta, you gotta, you gotta congratulate Drake for is he was able to do it, and he tries. He tries to be one step ahead. Only certain artists are able to do that. I have an inkling. That's what Roy Woods' issue is. That is my inkling. 100%, man. But uh, yeah, I, I would still say check out the album. It got a couple joints on there that are pretty decent. Uh, uh, like I would say, To Me, the, the intro, uh, Never Your Way, Cool J is pretty decent. Then it just kind of gets a little average. But again, six songs, nothing to rave about. Y'all check it out, though. I, I'm curious to see how people are, people are is resonating, if at all, with people. 
because I haven't heard anything, anybody talk about it. I don't know if Roy Woods is, is re, re-questioning or questioning his approach again. I, I don't know if he's like, oh, shit, they still not fucking with it. Damn, what do I do now? Like, I don't know what the approach is for him moving forward. So, hey. I agree. I agree. Let's just let, yeah, let's just move on, man, because uh, hopefully the Roy Woods fans can uh, can stream his music, cra- you know, in a, in, a, in a crazy way and get him the number one on Billboard. How about that? They're ill and they're not. So advice. So with the first song on the ill and the not so advised, you know we got to start with uh, your boy Tory Lanez uh, dropping his first song after him being, I don't want to say released from the label, but I guess his 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 deal expired. Is that probably the more accurate way to say this? Track was up. There you go. He dropped a new song called Temperatures Rising. According to him, he had a Scotty Pippen contract. <laughs> I paid that man despite being the second best player in the league. Well, un- unlike unlike Scotty Pippen, you know what Tory Lanez did? He came to work and dropped hits every day. All right. He never complained that he had a migraine. Uh, he, he, it's low blows, I know. Listen, it's not about that. All right. Let's get into the music. Let's get it to me. What'd you think of the song, man? I thought it was great, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I was telling you earlier, I saw a video of Tara Lane's uh, explaining himself as a singer. He pretty much said that he taught himself how to sing. He didn't have no voice coach. Um, all he did was really like listen to R&B songs that he liked. Then he tried to emulate the sound and the style. Um, yeah. With that being said, this song is him as a singer reaching a pinnacle of singing don't get me wrong you know it's it's not beyonce it's not michael jackson on thriller um but it's really good in terms of passionate he understands the style of singing he needs to use on the song to succeed that is an issue that a lot of rappers and singers don't like they, they have an issue with they don't understand how they should approach a song toy lanes approaches temperature rising perfectly yeah i thought i thought you did a great job man toy, you know uh, i thought you did a great job vocal vocal huh i was gonna say does that make sense like you gotta no, it know does. it does as a singer you gotta know how you should approach a song that you're on well, I think I think one thing uh, one thing that Tory Lanez understands very well, and it's obvious to me, is he understands music structure. He understands the the art of singing. He may not be the best at singing, like from an ability standpoint, but you don't have to know. You don't have to be the best at it to not to still be pretty damn good. That's like it's like for example. Uh, <laughs> This is probably gonna be a weird example, but Bruce Bowen as a as a, as a shooter, right? His form was pretty fucking good, right? Like when he was spotting up in the corner, right? His favorite area of shooting, he was pretty good. He could knock down a shot. His form was good every single time, right? But that doesn't mean he was the best shooter. But he 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 had a really good form. He understood the mechanics. That is what Tory Lanez understands. He understands the mechanics of singing. And I think that is why he 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 excels. And so, man, temperature rising is a dope ass song. 
It was a great comparison, man. That was that was. Hey, thank you. Uh, yeah, let's move on, man. Trippy Red dropped a new song alongside of Party Next Door. The song's called Excitement. What do you think of this, man? Uh, personally, I thought it was okay. I mean, Trippy Red has been in his R&B bag as of late, mm-hmm. dropping some pretty impressive hits at that. Um, this song was just a solid R&B radio joint. We don't have enough of those no more, right? You know what I'm solid radio R&B joint? Like, like mm-hmm. groups usually were the ones that made those solid R&B radio joints. Like, remember uh, Ideal? Whatever you want to do, uh-huh, this was up to you, uh-huh, whatever you want. That, to me, is a solid radio R&B. <laughs> this song with Trip, um, with Trippy Red and uh, Party Next Door is just a solid R&B radio joint that you can play. Don't even care about the words. You think it was you think it was solid? I thought it was pretty good, man. I thought it was I thought it was better than solid, I should say. I thought, I thought it was thought it was better than saying it was not because of Party Next Door. Party Next Door to me was kinda he, he kind of just went along for the ride on this joint. Like to to me, Trippy Red kind of carried this entire song. The, the collaboration between the two of them was very, it's very unexpected. Like I would never in a million years see, thought I would have saw Party Next Door alongside of Trippy Red. Like the, just the two don't seem to mesh. So just the fact that I got over that initial quote unquote shock and thought the song was pretty decent. I'm, hey, I gotta give this some, some credit, man. I thought the song was better than Solid though. It's, it's, okay. it's, it's really good. It's really okay. good. All right. Well, next song. My guy, IDK, from the DMV area, representing, and ASAP Ferg dropped Mazel Tov. Mind you, these people are not Jewish. Uh, what did you think about the song? Thanks. Although, hey, you know, you don't know that, man. It could be a black Jew. It could be. I seriously doubt it. But Bro, didn't Amari Stoudemire become Jewish? Like, yeah, but have you seen Amari Stoudemire's appearance? <laughs> yes, I have. Okay. Yes, I have. Uh, yeah, it's point, it's, hey, point, point taken, point taken. Uh, so, yeah, I, I was just vibing out to this, this song right before we, you know, started this segment. Pretty good, man. I like the energy. Of course, if you make a song with ASAP Fur, you got to come with the energy. Like, it, does that man sleep at all? Like, ASAP Ferg has been turning up since he came onto the scene, and I love it. I love it, honestly. Both of them were spitting hard. I thought Ferg, Ferg caught a little pocket within that song that really had me nod my head. Not to say, you know, IDK didn't kill his verse too. I think he did. Uh, both of them did their thing. But like I said, I think the song is hype and it's, it's, it's fire, man. Like, I wish I could be outside to hear this. I wish. So I'll just resort to being in my room, like with the window open. There we go. The song. There you go. What's this thing right there? Um, Bruh, first and foremost, I recommend you guys go on RadiesGameMusic.com, search for that song. I posted a video, a lyric video to the song that is fire. It's like, clearly it was shot in DC and like these dudes that got dreads and like saggy pants doing like these dances that clearly are like cultural dances to the song. Oh man, it is dope. I will say another thing. 
IDK may have dropped the best verse this year on this song. The best IDK verse of the year? may have dropped the best verse this year on this song. Uh, that verse was phenomenal so, with a P. So, so I'm glad, I'm glad. You know what? Let me let you, I'll let you continue. Get your, get your shit off, man. Get your shit off. Okay. Because I want to get into the next song because I got an argument to put up with the next verse of the year. Oh, oh, oh. I'm, I don't think you know what you're talking about, bro. Just the agenda and I'm scared now. <laughs> IDK dropped the second verse verse. <laughs> Yo, like, I mean, the way right. he switches his flow in the middle, like the way he... He, he, his confidence, his swagger, punchlines, like, what else do you want? It's, it's good energy. And then ASAP Ferg was, was damn good at his verse, too. Like, ASAP yeah. Ferg, people, ASAP Ferg come with the energy, like you said, but people don't know, ASAP Ferg be spitting. He does. He spits. He does, he does. He Anytime does. Actually, when he does that, come on. Bro, ASAP Ferg is the new age Busta Rhymes to me. He is the new age Busta Rhymes. He's, he's the new Busta Rhymes. He's the new one. I mean, except you can hear most of what he's saying, right? Unlike Busta Rhymes. That nigga, Busta Rhymes was so adamant on you not knowing what the fuck he was saying. What you talking it's, about? He was clear as day on light your ass. Like, hey, I like the way I make your ass. The way I ash. He was, come on. The, the majority of Busta Rhymes' hits you cannot tell me you knew what the hell he was saying. It just sounded tight. I know he I'm said the, Ash. He definitely said Ash on, you gotta say Ash on, on a song called Light Your Ass on Fire. Come on. He said it multiple times. What do you want him to do? But uh, oh, man. let's get into the song that I think uh, actually has the, the verse of the year so far. Uh, Joyner Lucas dropped his, well, the remix to the song Will featuring Will Smith. Listen, can we just be honest? Okay, I, I, we have to just be honest here. At a certain point, honesty has to prevail. And if we are being honest, Will Smith put up a phenomenal verse. It was a verse that number one is fueled by the fact that we didn't even know he could rap like this. That's number one. So that fuels the us thinking, us thinking it's really good. But for me, he was talking real shit and he didn't even curse not one time he stayed true to himself all right will smith has the verse of the year so far in 2020 i don't care what nobody says will smith not jaden smith not not uh willow smith not not the the, the prodigal son joiner lucas who yo hey, here's another thing joiner lucas if i was him if I if I if I was him and 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 believe everything that he says in his music, how much he raves about Will Smith and says Will Smith is one of his idols and blah 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 blah, I don't care. Again, if I'm J J Jordan Lucas, I don't care if I ever sell a, another copy uh, of music or an album ever in life. I got Will Smith to rap on my song called Will, and he bodied his verse. My life is complete if I'm Jordan Lucas. I'm good. I can go, I can go die now. <laughs> you know what's funny, actually? You talk about verse of the year. Jordan Lucas on his 
ADHD album had several good verses. He did. Um, it's interesting. Jordan Lucas actually did not rap on this this uh, remix. It was actually all Will Smith. So I, I he probably had a verse ready, and Will Smith did his verse and was like, eh, you know what? Just just keep it." <laughs> Yo, like, what kind of alley-oop is that, right? Like, Jordan, you're right, Jordan Lucas had no verse. I mean, he started the song all, but it was more of, like, it was more of the hook, mm-hmm. right? I'm feeling like, well, it was, like, actually, it was half of the hook. It wasn't even the full hook. Yeah, Will just took it. And Will just took it and ran with it, and like I said, I believe that was the verse of the year so far. Right. Hey, IDKA, you can be second. That's cool. Go ahead and put it up. Put, put it up. Uh, never mind. Even if you put a poll out there. <laughs> Anybody's gonna see Will Smith and be like, I'm just gonna vote Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad idea. Over, I don't think IDK's name should be in any poll. Who would vote for I don't know? <laughs> People would literally think I don't know. Yeah, does that, does that, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like when we put up polls, at least when I, when I, when I, anytime I put up a poll, the last one is always other. Not always, the majority of the time it's other. Exactly, exactly. IDK is the equivalent of other. Could you imagine? Exactly. Could you imagine somebody saying, who had the best verse? I don't know. (laughs) In the future, was it Will Smith or I don't know? (laughs) Yeah, let's not put up a poll. Moral of the story. No polls. (laughs) Uh, So, last song on the list is Migos and Young Boy Never Broke Again. Uh, They came together for Need It. You said you didn't hear this song. so I didn't, so I'll let you take that. I actually heard the song. Um, it's dope. You know, I was actually listening to Young Boy Never Broke Against Catalog, um, which is interesting, right? Because I, my heart pressure, hypertension started to just, it, I don't want, I'm, I'm trying to keep my hypertension at a minimum because that is a risk factor with coronavirus. So I listened to a couple of his albums and I said to myself, you know what it is? Young boy never broke again. Has nobody wants to say it because he might shoot you in the face. He has deteriorated as an artist. He has gotten worse as the albums have gone by. Because I was like, he's dropped like six or seven in the last couple of months, and I'm like, yo, why at one point did I think he was one of the hottest new artists out? Why did I think that? I went back and listened to his four. Remember, the, remember those four EPs that he dropped? Four Loyalty. Yes. Four, all that stuff. Great music. Fire. Absolutely. Fire music. Absolutely. The ones with Kevin Gates and Quando Ronda. I'm like, bro, this is Absolutely. literally night and day. Now, with all that being said, his solo efforts, I've not been really feeling like that, but his features have been phenomenal. On this song with Migos, imagine this, all four of them go back and forth with one another. All four of them. Take off, your boy, Offset, Quavo, young boy never broke again. Spitting all types of crazy ass bars, energy is high, flows are like all over the place. He legit sounds like the fourth Migo on there. This song is hot fire and it is just a it's just a pattern every single song young boy never broke again jumps on that's uh, any hot trap artist song that young boy never broke again jumps on he's been murdering it man yeah yeah he's a he's a he's a beast he's a beast with his features he's just a beast in general 
I mean, we got to keep it. We got to keep it honest. And yeah, we have we have criticisms about him, uh, and and that's more about like you said, his bodies of work. Uh, they they just always kind of sound the same in a way. It's not. It's. I don't. I don't know if I don't know if I can say he deteriorated as an artist. Maybe I have to go back and listen to the project that you're saying, right? Because you're right. I've I've been high on him. I thought he was dope a while ago, and he hasn't really shown me anything over the over the last few months to maybe a year that has really made me say, bro, that's the, that's why, man. Like reinforcing anything about you know how I feel about him. So, hey, maybe I do need to go back and listen. Maybe the music does sound night and day. I'll take a I'll take a listen. Go oh, listen to those four EPs. Those four, literally the number four EPs. It's bro, it's bro that uh, I think one of the, I don't remember which four it is, but he had a song. Was it a song or album or EP? I can't remember, man. He dropped so much music. He is literally the new age Gucci man. You can't keep up with the amount of music that he's dropping. It's like I don't have enough ears to consume all of the music that he's dropping. He's dropping rapidly. Um, but uh, there's a song he put out called Slime Mentality. Mm-hmm. I know that. Yeah. Bro, that song is... That, that was the last NBA Youngboy song. And I said, all right, man. This guy right here? Okay. This truth. guy right here, I'm ready, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to say has something to what he's doing, right? But uh, anyway, man, let's move on. All right. To some songs that are not advised. Uh, your boy Jack Harlow. Yeah, your boy. Uh, the the new Jesus. You've called him Jesus on numerous occasions. Uh, I'm wondering if you still believe the man is Jesus. Because I'll tell you right now, Jesus does not belong on a segment called Not So Advised. This is the segment in which we say songs are not good, but yet the guy you call Jesus has ended up here. So uh, bottom line, I, I'll say this. Um, yikes was okay. Like, it's like, see, what I don't want Jack Harlow to turn into, which I already see this happening. I see it happening. He had one hit. Okay, he had a hit. A great hit was popping. Crossover, you can call it whatever you want. The song is phenomenal. His rapping, his bars. Oh, my God. He was spitting. Like, I haven't heard someone spit in a very long time. But what has he earned to have landed on a Scooby-Doo soundtrack. Not saying that it even takes a whole lot to even get to a Scooby-Doo soundtrack. How are you on a soundtrack of a movie, right? He is becoming a star too quickly, and I don't feel like he has really earned his stripes in, 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 the, in hip-hop yet to be considered this next dude that's up. That's just how I've been feeling about, about this dude's music and how I see people gravitating towards him yet. The man dropped, hold on, the man dropped a mixtape, was it not, not too long ago. We didn't even talk about it on this, on this, on this show. You know why we didn't talk about it? Because it wasn't even that tight. It had some songs that were pretty good, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, matter of fact, What's Poppin' was on it. But it wasn't that good. Where is his follow-up? I just think he's becoming a star too soon, and I, I don't like it. I don't like what I'm seeing so far. I just don't like it. What is this show called? Televised Wise Guys. Yes, sir. And, you know, we try to be honest, 
right? Sometimes we come across as ill-advised. Let's be honest. Like you said, What's Poppin' is a great song. What elevated the song was he is a white rapper that made a tight ass rap song. Caught people's attention, you know. Um, the only rapper in the game right now that is younger than 22, 23 years old that can land on a Scooby-Doo soundtrack off of one track. Unbelievable. Off of one track that is not necessarily, you say crossed over, I'm not sure about crossed over. Crossed over would be something like Fusil Shuffle or something like that. That crossed over. What's Poppin' is just a song that people think is dope, a very dope, I'm not sure it crossed over. No, it definitely crossed over. That shit went platinum. Like it's on every fucking playlist. It's it's everywhere. I'm not that joint sure. is everywhere. I'm not sure it I would call it crossover, but that's fine. Okay, all right. Let's um, not debate about crossover. But the thing is, is one song. He ended up on a Scooby-Doo soundtrack off of one song. The only person that can do that, in my humbling opinion, what I really think is a white rapper that is a young white rapper because they're more marketable and it's easier to get those type of rappers on there. And this is not a knock on him. He's just getting what is given to him, what you call white privilege, right? Is he's just getting what was given to him. I'm a white artist that, you know, in the end of the day, Scooby, Scooby-Doo? What? Bruh, Scooby-Doo? Like, are you kidding me? How are you? How, like, that shit angered me. How is he on Scooby-Doo the sound? He is the lead single on Scooby-Doo the movie. Harlow. Jack Harlow is just as brash of a rapper as anybody else in the game. How the hell did he end up on Scooby-Doo over some of these other artists that I guarantee you are cheaper, right? But anyway, whatever, whatever the case may be, the reason I don't like this song is because it sounds so watered down. It, he's not there yet. Like whatever, whoever told him he's so tight, he's not there yet. You are not there yet to be taking these like movie executive doctored up songs. Like clearly it's obvious the movie executives for Scooby-Doo said, hey Jack, um, could you like not say any curse words? Can you not use the word cap in this song? Could you please just like ease up on the gangster vibes? And then also if you could like, you know, incorporate like spookiness into your lyrics and blah, blah, blah. I can literally see from, from start to finish and that's scary. As a young artist, you do not want to start doing stuff like that because you know, you start to look corny. But that is my beef with the song. He has earned nothing. He has one song. You said it, man. You you said it out of your mouth, man. White privilege. Man, I, 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 listen, it's ill-advised. We Bro, got all the how it is. Listen, if that's how you feel, that's Just, how you feel. That's how you feel. I see. See, I think this is more of an indictment on the people that have give, been giving him. Bro, you called him Jesus. It's people like you. Come on. 
I was it's, it's people. Nope, nope. The the way the way I understand you were joking, but the way you hype this song up, you make it sound like this man has next. You better believe it's people like you that have contributed to his mentality. He does have next. He don't got he she got one song. Next. He does, but there's a line. Stay in line. Like there's a line. You can't just skip the line. Like you and, and he just hasn't earned it. I don't believe he's earned. I don't believe he earned a Scooby-Doo soundtrack. And and I, I can't even believe we're even having this conversation about who who's deserve who's deserving of a Scooby-Doo soundtrack. I, this is this is less about the, the fact that he's a part of Scooby-Doo and more more of the fact that you have a movie like Scooby-Doo legendary character. Legendary. I don't care what nobody says. Ghost, uh, not Ghostbusters, what the fuck am I saying? Scooby-Doo, the freaking cartoon. How in God's name is Jack Harlow the lead single? But hey, it's all good. Which, by the way, I do want to point out, Rico Nasty is actually on the soundtrack too. That made me feel a little better. Good, good. But at the same time, Rico Nasty has been putting in work and like, you know, in the end of the day, like she deserves that. I'm not sure Jack Harlow deserves it, but but hey, hey. I get it. So I, be it. I get it. It is what it, it is what it is, man. I get it. Next next song though. G Easy put out a song. And 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 I'm starting to see, uh, you know, normally with the with this not so advised, we start to see uh commonalities. We start to see recurring names, right? French Montana will be on there, future will be on there. At one point, you were on a, a future hate spree not not for wrong reasons you were saying yo future has been putting out bad music and it's ironic that you now think he's putting out good music right but hey he's he, he elevated his, his his profile g easy though has been on this list a few times more recently and he dropped a new song called free porn cheap drugs what did you think of this song okay um what is this show called again <laughs> I sometimes I forget, man. Uh, something about something about being ill-advised, wise guy. I don't yeah, yeah. ill-advised, wise guys. There you go. So a lot of times, I have to say stuff that may be even cringeworthy, right? Like that Jack Harlow thing where I said white privilege—that's like cringeworthy a little bit. But I gotta go there. G Easy, as of late, has been doing some cringe-worthy things music-wise. His verses, okay, I get it. It's meld in verses. I got it. Lately, I don't know if you noticed, he's been dropping covers to like Beatles songs and... Huh? Yeah, he's been dropping... Oh, I'm not, I'm not hip. I'm not hip. I'm glad I'm not hip. Mr. Radiohead, like some folk, Bob Dylan. You know, the thing about Music and hip hop. I love hip hop. I love music, you know, and I don't want hip hop to feel like something that they use and abuse whenever they feel like it. People, especially white rappers, because it's black rappers that came up with hip hop. It's a black thing. That's why black people are so defensive when it comes to hip hop. Like, don't just come in here and think that you're not gonna be for the culture, in which g Easy has been for the culture for years now. I'm, I don't doubt that. But at the same time, I'm like, does he really love hip hop? 
when it's all said and done, if he gets pulled over by the cops, they say, hey, we're taking you in, you hip-hop artist. Would he be able to say, yes, I am a hip-hop artist? Or will he say, I'm not a hip-hop artist. I'm not. I'm a musician. I'm not a hip-hop oh, artist. Oh, oh, you mean, oh, you mean like uh, Post Malone? Okay, so here we go. That's why I said, ill-advised, I hate to be cringeworthy, but I'm noticing a pattern. Let's go down the line, right? G-Eazy lately, this song, by the way, is like some crazy ass folk alternative song where in the video is actually all white people and they're frolicking through some woodsy area and it looks like he's turned into some hippie. Mind you, G-Eazy was one of the hardest dudes from Bay Area looking like he meshes in with E-40s of the world. Okay, that's G-Eazy, that's one. Post Malone has stated, I don't want to be a rapper. I'm not, don't call me a rapper. Post Malone has now veered towards rock. He used hip hop to get to where he is, started veering towards rock. Machine Gun Kelly. If you've noticed Machine Gun Kelly as of late, he's a rock star. He drops rock music. He started out with hip hop. Are these white artists using hip hop to get famous, get clout? And then when they finally have that clout, are they abandoning it to do the music that they really want to make? You know, what you just stated is the definition of cultural appropriation. It's the definition. It's, it's, it's sorry, it's the, big, it's the most important part of the definition. You, you come up off of something you claim is yours. You say how much you like it. You don't give, sometimes they give credit, sometimes they don't to, you know, the people who inspired them. And then they kind of forget what made them, you know? And uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I see where you're going with that. And I, I agree, man. It's, 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 uh, it's a touchy subject because I think most of these white artists, they will claim that they're not doing what you just said they're doing right that's their defense oh what are you talking about like i am i am a rapper when they're pressed like i have no doubt honestly that if machine gun kelly was put to the put to the like put under a lie detector test i don't believe he would state he's not a rapper uh personally that's just my personal opinion like from what i've heard from him his entire career he has rapped Right? I'm not mad at somebody trying to take a different route in their career. Lil Wayne did. Lil Wayne, all of a sudden, right? He was a rapper, right? All his career. Then he wanted to be a rock star and he made up, put out songs like Prom Queen. And he put out that EP that, sorry, that, that album that a lot of people didn't like. Uh, Revolve. Wait, is that the name? What's the name of it? Um, Revolver? Shit. No. You know what I'm talking about. This is a song. Yeah, Revolver. Rebirth. Rebirth. There you go. So are we gonna say Lil Wayne is not a rapper because he, he's not a true rapper because he wanted, to, he wanted to experiment? So there is a fine line between experimentation and who you really are deep down. If you have shown that you are more than just a rapper from the beginning, you have more of an argument to me. But if you are somebody who has been solely a rapper and just out of the blue, you just flip, right? You just flip. G-Eazy has never shown rock star. He's never shown that type of musicality to me personally. 
don't know about you. No, he ever shown that to me. My Post, issue. Post Malone, though, however, has shown that the variation in his in his music genre wise, right? But I think Post Malone is probably the most egregious of them all because he's he's ashamed to even be a, be considered a rapper. But he came up off of that, and so there is a there is a big conversation that needs to be had about this. Absolutely, I, I've noticed it, and it's it's my like Post Malone. Like you're right. I mean, they. The however you feel about hip hop, right? How do you feel about rap? You used rap to get to where you are. Hip hop. You know what I'm saying? You used it to get to even noticed. I, I just feel like for me, Machine Gun Kelly has always given me rock star vibes, right? Regardless, even when he was a rapper, he gave me ragey rock star vibes. So he doesn't rub me the wrong way. I just mentioned him just because. I noticed that he's really going to the rock route. He is, and I and I actually really like that song. I like it. Out. I like it, uh, it fits him. It, it, yeah, it, it does. I think it fits his, his sound, his 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 look, everything. It fits, and his lyrically, he was always like a ragey dude. He was just like a ragey rapper that more than likely you would have saw him as a rock star before a rapper if he before he opened his mouth. Yeah, the song's called Bloody Valentine. Yeah, I, I like it. I actually like song. it. It's a dope song. And the reason I say Lil Wayne's a little different is because Lil Wayne, he never was a rapper that was all about the culture, talk like the culture, whatever. He was always in his own world. So when Lil Wayne would do stuff, it's like, this is Lil Wayne's world. He does whatever the hell he wants. G-Eazy is a rapper that represents the culture. He talks like the culture today. He uses all the cap. He's out there talking about him in the club. He's out there talking about strip club stuff. What all your other rappers talk about, G-Eazy talks about. So for you to just do this complete flip of the character that you've known to be, it just, it, it reeks slightly of phoniness. But I don't want to call him phony. I like G-Eazy a lot. I don't want to call him phony, but I'm just saying this is just, I suspect like that there is a level of this is who he always was. And now that he has the leeway to be like, oh, I got enough artists to be by my, like regardless of what direction I go with my music, I got a fan base. So it doesn't matter if I abandon hip hop. I have a suspicion there and that's fine with me. That's fine if you end up doing that, but I got to call it out when I see it. Yeah, I gotta listen to that song that you're talking about because I, nope. I I haven't heard it. So um, yeah, I'll check it out and let you know how I feel about that. But um, bigger than that, man, he's been having horrible performances, verses, features, whatever you want to call it. His rapping over the last year and some change has been subpar to me. It's been subpar by his standards. The standard that he has put out for what I have seen him do he has not been doing a good job at rapping. He's a he's and, uh, a good rapper. He's, he's a, very good, but he's not been he's not been showing that. I and, and 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 once again, not to beat a dead horse, but the fact that he's been subpar can also tell you that he doesn't care no more about rap. He doesn't actually it doesn't excite him anymore to do to rap. Is, is that a coincidence that he's putting up lazy verses, verses that he doesn't really care? 
Is that a coincidence? And the next thing you know, he completely switches up his complete sound and look. Bro, bro, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, like I said, I'll, t- I'll, I'll take a look at the song and I, and I'll let you know how I feel, man. But uh, I don't like what I've been hearing hey. from G Easy lately. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I just don't. All right, I'm, I'm with you. It was five stops. So, for my ill-advised thought, uh, I want to talk about getting Pastor Mace into the Hip Hop's Hall of Fame. Lord, sweet baby Jesus. I got into hip hop around 1997. At the time, Jordan was in the middle of winning his second ring. The internet just started booming and hip hop, unfortunately, was at an all time low morale wise. We just lost Pac a few months prior. We would lose big in that year. And there was so much tension going on in both the East and the West Coast. At the time, gangster rap was was what was cool. Like, think about it, Wu-Tang, a group that looked like 10 gangster ass kidnappers were huge. Eventually, along came an artist that would change hip hop's landscape forever. Murder Mace. Mace felt like the coolest kid on the block. Mace was also, Mace also felt like he was created by executives so they can sell toys off of his likeness. Mace would slap the hell out of you, but he was more concerned with getting girls. Mace was flashy. Mace was flashy. Mace was flashy. Matter of fact, I'm going to break down a verse from one of my favorite songs of all time, and that is Feel So Good by Mace. Easily one of my favorite songs of all time. So on his first verse, this is how it goes. What you know about going out head wet, red legs, TVs all up in the headrest, try and live it up, ride to a bigger truck, peace all glittered up, stick a kid, jiggle what? Jig with the cut, sit, crisp, spit it up. Holes ride, get your nut till I can't get it up. I'm a big man, give this man room. I'ma hit everything from Cancun to man's tomb. Why you standing on the wall, hanging on your balls, lighting up draws, drugs, always fighting in the club. I'm the reason that they made the dress code. They figure out why I will wild when I'm in my French clothes. Dresses, I suppose, from my neck to my toes. Neck full of gold, baguettes in the rows. Rex shows, collect those extra O's. Buy an E, get a key to the Lex to hold. I can keep going. It's, it's a phenomenal verse, but you guys get my point. At the time, I was nine years old. I heard of Alex, Alexis before, but never phrased as Lex. TV's all up in the headrest? Sipping Chris? Lighting up drugs? I didn't even know what hoes meant. I swear, at the time, I thought holes, when he said, you know, riding with holes in my car, I thought that actually meant, like, he was riding around with holes actually in his car, and that was somehow tight. Mace also told all rappers to bury the hate and get to the money at the end of that first verse, a sentiment a whole bunch of rappers say now when they want to squash some beef. At the time, such luxurious rhetoric was frowned upon, but these days, every single rapper talks about how they're balling and they get just as specific as Mace. Even Casanova, one of the toughest rappers in the game right now, talks about luxurious stuff. Here's a couple more tidbits about Mace that you guys probably didn't know. 
He was one of the few rappers that embraced sounding like someone who was out of their league singing-wise. Matter of fact, Mace was the first rapper I've ever heard on another rapper's song sing a hook, which was Cameron, Horse and Carriage. Mace was the first person that I heard feature Pharrell singing on a song. Mace was the first person I knew who wasn't really about that life, but acted like he was about that life from time to time. Mace developed crews with his brothers and sisters. Mace sounded like all the lazy ass rappers you hear today. Mace made selling out cool. Not selling out, selling out cool. I know you guys are gonna say KRS-One and all these people did everything that I just mentioned first, but let's be real. Nobody was doing it like Mason Betha was doing it. Unfortunately, Mace had a very brief rap career, but please don't sleep on the impact he had on the game. Y'all might think so. Y'all might not think so, but I think Mace deserves a spot in Hip Hop's Hall of Fame. That's my nice thought. Very, very interesting. Uh, well said, well stated. I think you have a lot of good points. Um, that's a good one, man. That's a good one. I, 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 I'll put it like this. I'll put it like this. I don't think anybody disagrees with you as far as his ability. Mace was a great rapper. As a matter of fact, he dissed Cameron recently, and he showed that he was still a great rapper. Right? Like, I don't know if you guys remember him and Cameron going back and forth recently, although they've been beefing for years. But Mace dropped a diss song at Cameron. That joint was good. Do you remember that? I remember. I remember. That was just like maybe a year or two ago. He it was pretty good. He actually bodied him so bad. Cameron didn't even. Cameron basically, in a in a roundabout he way, laughed. was like, "Yo, chill." He laughed about it. He, was like, he laughed like it yeah. wasn't even. He took it. He, he acted like it wasn't even a thing when he really got eight eaten alive in that verse. He really did. Um, yeah. Besides the point. Hey, Mace was dope. I, I I like Mace a lot, but my only biggest thing with Mace was he didn't have a long enough career. He just did. Yeah, like two, three years. The man really had like two to three great years. But then after that, it just, his longevity is not conducive for Hall of Fame status, in my opinion. However, his ability is Hall of Fame status. While he was here, he was, he was a phenomenal rapper. He's still here. <laughs> I'm talking about actively in music. I'm talking about actively in music. Come on. I, I got you. Don't, don't, come on, don't do that. That's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's still here. He's still breathing. <laughs> True. Uh, no, nah, that was a good one, man. That was a good one. Uh, I can appreciate that. So for my ill-advised thoughts, you know, I'll talk about the DMV area for for a second. Um, you know, the DMV, aka DC, Maryland, and Virginia area has been a very, very, I think, undercovered region in music for the longest. And I'm hoping that changes soon. What sparks my ill-advised thoughts is the fact that uh, Kevin Durant dropped a documentary recently that, uh, that came out highlighting the basketball scene in Prince George's County, aka PG County, more recently. Um, you know, the, the, 
the, the project talked about how there's something in the water around here. There's something in the water that is breeding basketball NBA stars, right? You can go from Jared Jack, you got Victor Oladipo, you got Quinn Cook, you got obviously Kevin Durant, Michael Beasley. Um, the list actually goes on. And even one other guy who's from this area, specifically PG County, is Len Bias. You know, we all just learned about the whole Last Dance, right? Michael Jordan documentary. Well, one thing that was stated in that doc, if you guys were not familiar, was that Len Bias was actually in that same draft. And he got drafted above Michael Jordan. Nobody talks about that. Uh, he actually went number two overall. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Olajuwon went number one in that same draft. That is cap. He was a year after Michael Jordan. Oh, that was a year? My bad. I'm thinking of a, I'm thinking of a different draft then. Are you sure you just looked it up? I'm positive. You looked that up right now? No, I know for a fact. All right, cool. Hey, thank you. So my, my mistake. So, um, but this is, not, this is not about Michael Jordan last day. This is more about the fact that there's something in the water around here, right? According to Kevin Durant in that doc, right? So I appreciated that, that documentary, especially because there's a lot of stuff that even me being from here, I didn't know. So I could see how this will enlighten a lot of people that are not from here. They, they may see some things that are interesting and maybe they didn't know. Right? But that's basketball, right? Somehow, some way, the music scene has yet to take on another life of its own uh, in this particular DC area. Um, it's not because we've had a shortage of talent. Um, I can probably say that the, the biggest artist in hip hop that has come out of DC that I think people know of on a, on a, on a wide scale level is probably, uh, and I'm talking about hip hop specifically, um, not R&B, <laughs> not any other genre hip hop is, is arguably Wale. Um, but somehow, some way, there has yet to be that momentum that has really brought this area to life. So I bring all that up to say, on that documentary, we had a song that was, that was highlighted called 495. 495 is a song that came out and, and, and featured a lot of talent from this area. You got IDK, we talked about him a little bit earlier on the show. He dropped the song with ASAP Ferg. Hopefully it gets some buzz. Also on this song called 495 was, uh, had features from Rico Nasty, Young Manny, Big Flock, Big Jam, Weensy, who's from the Backyard Band, legendary go-go band out of this area, with production from Juicy J. Juicy J. Not sure how that happened, but hey, shout out to them. It was a dope song. I really enjoyed that song. So with that being said, listening to that song and enjoying it a lot made me think, man, why, why has the DMV area not really taken off musically, at least collectively? There hasn't really been a real movement the way in which you see these other areas, right? New York, Atlanta, you could even argue the, the, the Florida movement with the new school dudes like Denzel Curry, XXXTentacion, um, Kodak Black. A lot of these younger artists have been, they, they've shown camaraderie on their come up and as, as they've been elevating and showing their, showing their, uh, their brand and their, pro, and their profile, the music taking off and everything just getting bigger. 
for whatever reason, this DMV area has yet to show that same type of profile and platform to get artists to that next level. We got a few that's bubbling. We got a few that's bubbling. But I'm hopeful that with more light being shined on this area, specifically IDK, because I'm noticing that he's getting a lot more traction more recently. Um, I'm hoping that he can really bring some people up, man, because I think it's high time that uh, this area, the DMV area, you know, get some more shine, man. I'm hoping to get some more shine pretty soon because it's not because there's a lack of talent. Let's not get it twisted. Just because the area hasn't popped doesn't mean there aren't people popping. It just means something is wrong with the collective unit that is uh, breeding talent in this area. So while, according to Kevin Durant in that doc, the DMV area, specifically PG County, is known for the basketball players and getting to the NBA. I'm hoping that the music can catch up to that, the legacy that has been made in a, from a basketball standpoint. So that's my ill-advised thoughts, man. Very, obviously very uh, DMV heavy and DMV centric, but I, I'm really, I, I'm seeing some traction and I'm hoping that uh, things can change, man. I'm hoping. That is pretty deep, man, because I, I agree with you. We've, I've obviously lived in this DMV area for what? 98% of my life and there was never a time where I could say like the DC music scene was like a top five music scene for hip-hop you know it just, just never was there, there was always some artists that we had that were really good you know like Wale it down for a while um, Gold Link is great you know mm -hmm. there's never been a time where it was just like yo we just keep breeding these new great artists and the, the artists in DC are really good. They're very versatile. Very, very versatile, very good. And so I'm hoping that, you know, we get a lot. We will have our time one time, you know. Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. We shall see. All right. But uh, that's my advice thoughts. Like I said, uh, I think it's time to get up out of here, man. I think so, too. If you guys enjoy the show let us know in the comments we're gonna be on youtube if you're listening to it on the audio give us a rating give us a review like we said in the beginning it helps us grow follow us on the socials the socials is very it's really important really yes. really important yes sir we appreciate y'all for joining though and wash your hands and stay six feet away from people and don't touch grocery that you don't intend on buying and uh Stream church. Um, stream church. Uh, stream church. <laughs> hey, who's the atheist now? Stream it or skip it. <laughs> uh oh. See, see, look what you're doing there, man. Anyway. We, we we need to. We need to. We don't we do it. The, the the line to plateau, my brother. We need <laughs> to plateau. I want to go to the club. That's a fact, man. But anyway, yeah, let's get out of here, man. Peace, y'all.